So you walk into a into a restroom, right? And you see a vampire clown. It's mm-hmm. masturbating in front of the mirror. Okay. Right? Bet you didn't see that coming. Uh, Welcome, oof. boys and ghouls, oof. to a very hilarious mini-sode of Halloween is Forever. I'm Brian. And I'm Steve. <laughs> Hey, and we got a guest, a a brand new guest on this here mini-sode, guys. Let me take a quick second to prep you for this one. This is exciting. We've got actor, producer, writer, former professional baseball player, which I didn't know until very recently, former Chicago Cubby, and uh, dare I say, boys, we got a dang hunk on our hands here tonight. (laughs) Welcome, one Mr. Ken Arnold. Thanks for coming on, Ken. Oh, guys, thank you for having me. I appreciate it, man. This is fantastic. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're so excited for you to come come on. Coincidentally, uh, we we talked about uh, 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 one of your more recent films, although you got uh, a ton of acting credits. Uh, we, we talked about Last Night at Terrace Lanes recently, which which was just released. And then uh, we started chit-chatting on the old internets, decided to talk about uh, I'm sure our listeners out there saw when they clicked on the title of this here episode. We're going to talk about 2017's uh, The Night Watchman. But uh, Ken, you've been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, our, our listeners uh, might know you from from either one of these movies or um, also. Um, Brian, it's really important that we don't screw this up tonight because this is the first time I get to talk to somebody from The Wire. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, you take it from there, because I I have famously not seen The Wire yet, and I am regularly ridiculed for it. So, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, I mean, it, Ken plays the, a, a smaller part in The Wire. It, it's that mm-hmm. I, it, it's fair to say that's pretty early in your acting career, though. Um, yes, it was. It was. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and I think we'll find like an interesting thread throughout the night that like Ken has a lot of ties to. Because of his ties to the Baltimore Orioles, we'll find that like a lot of the films that he's been in were also set in like the Maryland, Fredericksburg and uh, Baltimore areas. That is true. That is very true. I uh, although I've not spent a lot of time in Baltimore, we're from from Pittsburgh. It's not too dang far away. I have mm-hmm. spent a, a, a significant amount of time in frederick maryland um mm-hmm. which is not necessarily the same as fredericksburg um, that's probably what i meant <laughs> is that what you mean okay all <laughs> yeah. right. frederick maryland all right okay good i was gonna say maybe there's two different cities and i'm, I'm terrible with geography but i have spent a lot of time uh, uh drinking beer in in frederick maryland in any case uh guys we got a couple of things to do at the top of the show before we jump into this whole movie but uh not the least of which we should get involved with some beers. Uh, Ken, I know you got a beer here. Steve, Steve, do you want to kick us off with beers tonight? Sure, as I got some beers. And I'm drinking. I, I was I was upset because I wanted to have some heavy seas on the show. Because, again, mm-hmm. they're out of Frederick, aren't they? So, Yeah, they're in that general vicinity, right? Yeah. Yes, Heavy Seas is, uh, Frederick is Flying Dog is the main one in Frederick. Heavy Seas yeah. is close. Yeah, it's not too far mm, yeah. away, but yeah, Flying Dog is the one in Frederick, and they closed down their their 
tap room, which really because they had a great Tom Selleck day there and everybody would dress up like Tom mm-hmm. Selleck. And I, I love Tom Selleck and I would go every year to the Tom Selleck day and they close their tap room. They don't do it anymore. So. <laughs> I think, but they still got great beers in Frederick. I love Frederick to go drinking. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think my uh, old co-host from Hop Nation USA, Adam, he he went to Tom Selleck Day once. I think he made mm-hmm. it down there for there for that once. But I'm uh, I'm now is this a Frederick wide thing, the Tom Selleck Day, or is this specifically a flying dog thing? It was specifically a, a flying dog. Okay. Yeah. I got excited. Yeah. Well, I got disappointed because I thought, well, dang it, I missed this this phenomenon that is Tom Selleck Day. And then I thought, well, maybe this is just like, maybe Tom Selleck's from there and this is just like a, a regional <laughs> holiday or like the running of the bulls or something. But um, Look, in my like opinion, not. it should be. It should be a national <laughs> holiday, but it's not. So, it's, yeah. Well, guys... This is an opportunity for you to get politically involved. Call up your senators. Call up your congressmen. Tell them we want Tom Selleck Day. I'll support Change, it Change.org. Sure. <laughs> Change Start a petition. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, Steve. I interrupted you. What, you. what are you drinking on over there? I don't have anything from Heavy Seas, uh, but I found somewhere stashed in the back of the back of the fridge there was I still had a can of Heady Topper. Oh, nice. Oh, still hanging out there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I, just had, a, yeah, I had a can of Heady Topper for no reason. So, yeah, from the Alchemist out of Vermont. Yeah, and, that's great. That's a great brewery. Yeah, yeah, it's a great beer. It's a great brewery. We just started getting it in PA like two years ago or something like that. They started sneaking us little stashes of Heady Topper and Focal Banger. But, yep, yep. yeah, now we get it pretty regularly. The The new hotness is the veil. Now we get the veil. So everybody's yes. hyped on that. <laughs> Yes, people are all psyched about that's the new hype brewery in town that just released. And then people forget about it six months from now and and go mm-hmm. on to whatever else is cool, um, unfortunately. But I am going with something just slightly uh, more pedestrian, although uh, I would argue every bit is yummy. Uh, I'm drinking a, just a good old Vorsteiner Pils. Uh, I was running a little late here. Kids activities and all that mess. So before we jumped on, I went downstairs, grabbed me a couple of these Vorsteiner pills, didn't even grab myself a glass. I'm usually Mr. Proper <laughs> Glassware and I'm just uh, slumming it here today out of the can. But Shameful. easy drinking, crisp, snappy German pills that is a uh, 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 cost effective go to uh, for me. But um, Ken, what, what are you drinking? I see you got a big boy over there. I am drinking uh, Brother Thelonious from North Cro- North Coast Brewing out in uh, California, and uh, yep. I love this beer. You know, I, mm-hmm. I found it at one of the local restaurants here uh, that has since closed, and uh, you know they they turned me on to it, and they have it at the beer place right up the street from my house, and I go in there and I stop and I get it, I get the uh, four pack. Uh, I mm-hmm. once stopped and got the case and. It turned out to be a hundred dollars a case. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was saying, like, you know what? It's like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that That's again. That's more of a four so. pack beer. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. man, I love um, uh, uh, beer from them, which I haven't had in a minute. But we used to be able to get it fresh quite quite often out here, and before the kind of flood of of all these different craft breweries popping up, uh, which is um, Scrimshaw, their Pilsner is really oh, yeah. really nice as well. Yep, and um, yeah, love love me some North Coast. Oh, it was an old Rasputin. Yeah, old Rasputin. They have a yeah. whole selection at the at the uh, liquor store up here, and uh, they did have the scrimshaw, but I didn't get it. I got I got Brother Thelonious tonight. So, yeah, that was one of my first kind of big imperial stouts I ever had. Was was uh, like Steve said was um, uh, old Rasputin, 
killer beer, killer mm-hmm. beer. I think I'll probably a lot of people's first Imperial stuff. Yep. Anyway, boys, uh, we we're, we got the beer talk out of the way, um, but we got some other important business, some potentially uh, 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 cutthroat business here that we got to deal <laughs> with for this dang old showdown episode for next month. Uh, for those of you who are new to the show, first of all, where you been? Get, get with the program here, guys. We've been doing this for a minute. Jump on board. We have... Um, a uh, new tasty, sticky sweet content on the dang old internet every Monday for you in the form of these here mini shows. But the first Monday of every month, ooh, we do something special. We do something called a showdown episode where our social media friends and listeners, they will pick uh, a bunch of different topics, suggest them to us. We throw them on this dang spinny ass wheel. We spin the wheel, we get three topics, and then yins help us vote uh, on social media's at Halloween's Forever on Instagram, at Hallow Forever on Twitter. Uh, we even got a dang old TikTok, shit like that. Um, and you guys help us vote. You select one of those topics, and then myself, Steve, and our guest pick a movie associated with those topics. Last week, uh, one of, one of our, our Patreon listeners suggested to us uh, that we should do clowns. And we threw that on the wheel, and lo and behold, clowns won. Coincidentally, that was even before we talked. We were bringing Ken on to talk about the Night Watchmen, <laughs> which got some dang old vampire clowns. So what a quinky dink! Um, but that's what we're going to do for for March. We eventually had a uh, suggestion. I think it was was it I, I, I think it was Dan perhaps that suggested on our patrons that said. It was Ron. I was Ron. I mean, I, yeah, I always do. I, I I did that exact same thing last time. Ron said it, but I told I, I gave the credit to Dan on it. Anyway, uh, yeah, he said. Well, listen, if you don't pick because because we're going to put up some Meg rails, right? Should we do things like it? Killer clowns from outer space. We said, you know what? Maybe we don't. But then we dedicate an entire episode to it later in the month. And that spawned the idea that has now become uh, what Steve shamefully tried to refer to as March clownness, which has no ring to it. I mean, just the <laughs> marketing, the marketing ineptitude is just through the roof. We're going <laughs> to I think uh, uh, um, one of our uh, social media friends suggested we call it the March toward clown madness. I like just the March of the clowns. Right. Um, yeah. Well, there was a, there was another one, Steve. What did you had? You had another good one. No, I just called it clown mania. It was clown like, mania. <laughs> yeah, we were really <laughs> trying to get that like bracketology March Madness tie in like the puns weren't coming. Um, yeah, no, so clown- I switched to WrestleMania because you were so down on March clownness. So I switched to WrestleMania. As, clown as mania. I should have been as I should have been. That's hot. <laughs> that's hot trash. Um, anyway, we're going to talk. We're, let's call it clown mania, guys. For the entire month of March, we're going to talk about clowns. But we got to get that showdown episode out of the way first. So. Steve, having t- taken the last showdown episode, he gets to um, w- what's the order we're going to we're going to pick here, because we've decided that we're not going to do the big we're not going to do killer clowns. We're right. not killer clowns from outer space, specifically that film. We're not going to do it, um, those sorts of things. So we're going to go a little bit, you know, a couple layers uh, of the onion are going to get peeled back here. What's the order we're going to pick, Steve? So I'll announce our guest because we usually give our guests first dibs. Oh, yes, of so, course. So I'll announce who our guest is and what he picked. And he actually had a process going through. Okay. Uh, then I'm going to give you my pick. Not that okay. I think you'll take it, but I just really want to make sure you don't. Okay. And then, I, I'm, uh, I'm worried now because you think I'm not going to. But now 
I have a couple of, you know, deep dives it's, that we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I, we'll see. I just I just really think I found a real pearl. And it's more <laughs> about me making sure I get this movie. Not that I don't have backups. Yeah. But I just found okay. a real pearl. Hey, let me put it this way. This movie has less reviews overall than Night Watchman has five stars on Letterbox. The Night right. Watchman has more five star reviews than this movie has reviews at all. Wow. Nobody you are has really, seen it. So you are really, truly deep diving in here. But I, but I watched, I didn't even watch the whole movie yet. I just watched the first 30 minutes and, <laughs> and I you swear were just, to God, you were so I found smitten. I found something, I found something wonderful. So right. I feel like got, I'm talking to somebody who fell in love for the first time. I did. I, I'll, expl- I'll explain it. I'll explain it when I get to my stuff, but yeah, let's announce our guests first. So okay. our guests for March, I reached out. I thought to myself, Steve, there's somebody out there who just hasn't gotten a fair shake on this show yet. Yeah. <laughs> but I bet he would love clowns. Okay. I reached out to him. He's he's known for different branding. Mm-hmm. He's known for the old Sam Squanches. He's known for the <laughs> Yetis. He's known for the Bigfoots. All right. But in March, we're getting a visit from old Clown Ben. <laughs> it's not Bigfoot Ben. It's Clown Ben. It's Clown Shoe Ben. (laughs) Old Clown Ben, our friend. The old Clown Ben, the artist formerly known as Bigfoot Ben, uh, will be back on the show. This is I'm I'm just learning this now. I mean, this is like you're you're announcing it during a promo here backstage and I'm standing Mm -hmm. in center. I'm standing in center of squared circle and I'm shocked. Um, So I'm I'm excited to I'm excited to have. Our old, our old clown Ben, uh, formerly known as Bigfoot Ben, talk about clowns. All right, what's Ben's pick for uh, for the March of the Clowns? So, as you know, like Ben has not gotten to pick his own movie. Yeah, all the other times he's been on our show. So this time mm-hmm. he got to pick his own movie, and mm-hmm. he threw about four at me before he landed on one. <laughs> okay, one of them he threw. Uh, he he thought about doing Blood Harvest with Tiny Tim. Yeah. And that, I was that's like, okay, on my list. I'm not lying. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's a great, that's a great, uh, that's a great pick. Mm-hmm. But he decided he's going to settle on Clown Town. Clown Town. <laughs> this Clown is Town. not okay. one that I'm familiar. Ken, are you familiar with Clown Town? I, I have seen some stuff about Clown Town. I haven't seen the whole movie, but I think I've yeah. seen the trailer. It was recent. It was not, it was came yeah. out recently. It's pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah. What's the year so on it? I've seen the trailer. Uh, I have to look up because this is new to me. Yeah, sorry to put you on the spot. I'm because I'm not familiar with Clown Town. Um, as the as reason we all why, know, the reason why the reason why I know it is because mm-hmm. we did a short segment in a in an anthology we did called Clown Town, and when I saw that, I was like, oh, you know, ah, that's cool. Somebody made a feature called Clown Town, which is cool. So yeah, that's why I, I mean, that's how I knew it. That's interesting. Okay, I'm I'm excited to to for Ben to pick a a deep cut that I'm not familiar with. Now I'm wondering if Steve, this this obscure movie you're talking about, perhaps I haven't seen as well. I might be doing a couple of first time watches here. Oh, for the first time. In a if while. you haven't seen Clown Town, there's no way you've seen my movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Clown Clown Town is from 2016. 2016. Okay. Yeah. 2016. Can I throw one out there? A clown movie? Yeah. I would yeah, love. Yeah. Please. Sure. Please. Okay. Um, can I do it now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I please wanna, do it. It, Okay. I don't know how it works if I if I give it away or you know whatever. No, 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 um, no. Do it. If you have an idea, you might you might help Brian along. I might I'm steal your idea. Ways. Yeah. Yeah. 
So um, a, a good friend of mine, Kevin Kangas, who's a local director here in the Maryland area, he, he did a film uh, called Fear of Clowns, and it came out mm. in 2004. Uh, and it stars uh, Frank Lama and Mark Lassis. Uh Mark Lassis is a good friend of mine. We did The Guiding Light together, actually, years ago. Um, oh, nice. We were, doing, we were doing soap operas up in New York. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah. Uh, Fear of Clowns and Fear of Clowns 2. So if you haven't seen those, check them out. Fear of Clowns and Fear of Clowns 2. I, I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. I'm partial Good. to 2004. I think that was an underrated year in or I'll check out any. I check out anything in 2004. That was a good vintage. Good vintage. Good vintage. Well, I got a movie that looks like it was filmed in 2004. Yeah. uh, But it was released in 2009. Yeah. And the film is simply called Killer Clown. Okay. Is that that's with a C, I would assume. Yes. Killer Clown with a C. From 2000 and would you say five? 2009. 2009. Also sometimes also sometimes comes up as 2010 yeah but yeah you'll, you'll see it as 2009 on tubi the the magic thing about this is i stumbled upon this film and it is simply uh it is simply right in league with tommy wiseau or a neil breen film okay. it is it is a, it is the malaysian neil breen because okay. it is Written, directed, starring, production company by uh, this guy named Julian Chia. Mm-hmm. And he is just everything to this movie. And you you know how we've used the phrase in the past, every frame of mistake? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it is in this. Oh man! Yeah. So th- I'm I'm <laughs> I'm excited to watch this. I'm no. This is completely. I know nothing about this. It rules so hard. The the <laughs> thirty minutes I watched, like I said, I just shut it off because I knew I had my movie. Like I had yeah. watched a bunch of other movies, but I thought were pretty good. Mm-hmm. But like, there's one I'll actually suggest to the to the audience. It's called Circus Kane, okay. um, and it has Jonathan Lipnicki from the uh, uh, Jerry Maguire. But like, he's yeah. an adult yeah. in this because this movie's yeah, from kid, 2017. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He plays like kind of the uh, the lead in that. But yeah, it's it, it's a decent it's a pretty decent movie and I almost picked it. But then I stumbled on this and I was like, nope, sorry. But mm-hmm. you know, just a, just a you know, if you want to check out Circus Kane, that's also on Tubi and it's pretty good. Okay. I'm excited for that. This is putting me in a tough spot here. And now that I'm the last to pick, I won't I won't uh, I won't, you know, keep keep anything too close to the vest here. Here's what I'm down to, right? Blood Harvest was on my list starring the great Tiny Tim. I am a, unironically a tiny tim fan i love him (laughs) i just think he's one of the most interesting people um i also have drive through from 2007 uh with the clown that uh has a uh uh, he is it's it's not a circus clown it's a fast food clown right yeah and he's got he's got the uh the 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 speaker for you know he kind of talks through um, I also have uh, the movie Stitches from 2012, which is a little bit mm-hmm. funny, like a funny kind of very, uh, hyper gory slasher type of thing. And then I have a movie that is a real uh, 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 out of left field pick, which will be such a stark contrast to the two movies that you guys picked from the sounds of it. It's a movie from 2010, and I believe it's a Spanish movie, um, and it is called The Last Circus. 
Oh, damn. And it is just uh, an emotional roller coaster of a movie. I Yeah, I don't know how that one's going to fail or I, I, I mean, subconsciously, I just said fail, but <laughs> I, know, I don't know how that one's going to fare against yeah. what Ben and I picked because two I, sillies. You got two sillies and then that sillies. movie is serious as a heart attack. It's it's serious, but it's also a black comedy. And also its production value is really great because so, so much so, better. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's generally like I mean, this was like a critically acclaimed film <laughs> at like it, it, on the festival circuit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It Like it won like the best director at the mm-hmm. Venice Film Festival, I think, because I this was another film that was on my list. Um, Ken, I don't, are you aware of the director uh, Alex uh, De La Iglesias? I am not. He did. He uh, his big thing right now is the TV show Thirty Coins, which is on like HBO okay. Max. But he also has a film okay. that we did previously called uh, El Dia de la Bestia, and he's mm-hmm. a, he's a filmmaker from Spain, and a lot of his work is all about like the Francoist era of Spain and like all the trauma that comes out of that in the religion, and like so all of his all of his stuff is either religious or Francoist. Uh, Spanish themed mm-hmm. and like this movie Brian's right. talking about the last circus is fucking bonkers like you literally can't predict where it's going to go from scene no. to scene it is it is okay. when I say it's an emotional roller coaster it really and truly is to say like you mash up two of my favorite subgenres of horror which is clowns and religious horror and <laughs> and it and you and this is a mashup equally of both it is it's kind of hard to 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 describe any other way i do think steve that this will probably be a really stark contrast to the two movies that yeah. you and ben picked so i'm going to do and, and despite the fact that ben threw it up there actually that might play to my benefits this is one of the few opportunities i'm going to get to talk about just a a, a campy um a, a love letter to to kind of schlock uh in my book which is um blood harvest so i'm going to do blood harvest okay. from 1987 i think that'll yeah. fit the the oeuvre uh, a little bit better yeah yeah like i said ben originally picked that and i was like oh he just took he just took a brian film oh yeah you can tell like, that just, has me written yeah. all over it yeah, I was like, I was glad he switched to Clown Town because, like, he doesn't automatically win your vote for having the Tiny Tim <laughs> film. <laughs> okay, so to review, uh, if you want to keep up, if you want to watch these films with us uh, for the discussion, go check out Ben's pick, Clown Town from 2016, uh, Steve Killer Clown from 2009. Is this a Tubi situation, Steve? It's all or Tubi. Is this, uh, or is it it's all YouTube? Tubi, baby. Okay, it's on Tubi. Um, and then Blood Harvest from 1987 for me. And then also, while you're at it, while you're on a, uh, you're having a dang old clown rampage this uh, uh, this week, go check out Fear of Clowns from 2004 or Fear of Clowns 2, which is uh, which is Ken's pick for for clown movies. All right, guys, before we get in all this clown business, we got a little appetizer for you. We are going to talk about uh, a movie uh, starring our guest, uh, Mr. Ken Arnold. Um, called The Night Watchman from 2017. One quick thing I'll ask, Ken, before we get into the movie, because I will uh, oftentimes forget, for our listeners uh, who want to follow you and, and, and follow your, your uh, projects and, and other cool things you got going on on social media or wherever, where, where, would, where would our friends find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Ken Arnold Actor, and also on X and uh, on Facebook. 
So you can find me, Ken Arnold, the actor, on all three. Get over there and follow our friend Ken. And if you haven't already, follow Halloween is Forever as well. Um, and I should probably mention, because I haven't in a, in a few weeks, uh, if you want us to send you some dang old stickers in the mail, uh, go over there and on your, your podcatcher app, your Spotify's, your Apple podcasts, go over there and give us a five star review. DM us on uh, on the social medias while you're going over there to follow uh, at Ken Arnold actor uh, and give us a five star review and then shoot us a DM and I'll send you some dang old stickers in the mail. Okay, let's get into this movie. Um, so from from 2017, Ken, if you don't mind, uh, tell us tell us about how you got uh, in, involved in in this project in the Night Watchman. Uh, well, uh, a friend of mine, Dan DeLuca, who's also in the movie, um, he helped me create the film. We actually were sitting around my office up in Baltimore one day. I had a studio in an old broom factory and we were just sitting there and we were going, we just said, we looked at each other. We're like, you know what? We should make a movie here in this old building because it's scary as hell. And you know, what, what kind of an idea can we come up with? So, you know, he went and, and uh, thought about it for a little bit. And within a week, he had an outline for a film of three night watchmen getting stuck in this building with a coffin that gets mm -hmm. delivered overnight. And then we kind of padded it out. We went and we shot a, a uh, seven minute short. Mm -hmm. uh, we raised a little bit of money to do that to kind of, you know, give it a previs so people could see what it was going to be like. And then we used that to... Uh, it investors. And then we went ahead and uh, hired a director, Mitchell Altieri. And mm -hmm. uh, we cast the rest of the film, made some changes to the script to adapt to the location we found here in Annapolis, Maryland. And uh, and we came up with The Night Watchman. And uh, it took us a little while because we came up with the idea in 2010 or 11. And mm -hmm. we didn't get to shoot it until 2015. So it took a little bit to get to that point it took about four or five years that's so interesting though to hear that because i was about to my next question was going to be where did you guys shoot this this is such a great location um it's just so many different like you know you just have so much variety you know what i mean you feel like you're in a giant abandoned you know factory Oh, you are. That's exactly. That's a, yes, yeah. exactly where we were. Um, yeah. The uh, Capital Gazette newspaper here in Annapolis, Maryland, had mm. just been bought by the Baltimore Sun, and they moved out of there. They their printing facility. They shut it down, you know, because everybody's doing digital now, and they didn't need mm -hmm. it. So the Baltimore Sun's printing facility was going to take everything over. So mm -hmm. they just up and just left, walked out the doors and shut it down, and left everything behind. <laughs> and we came All across the furniture it. and everything, everything, everything. And we knew I knew a guy that did commercial real estate in Annapolis. He's one of the uh, people who worked on it, one of our uh, investors. And he said, look, I can get a great deal on this place and you guys can do whatever you want in there and you can mm -hmm. use, you know, everything. So it was it was such a great deal. And it became our own movie studio for a month and a half. It was fantastic. <laughs> it really was. That's so everything a, was a, right there. It was in the building. <laughs> Yeah, that's so yeah. cool. I mean, I, I love you here here when like opportunity kind of arises and then, you know, you have an idea and then you just kind of mesh those two things together in, into a project. Um, yeah, that's uh, I mean, I'll, just to, to preface that, like that makes a lot of sense. Right. Because in the story. So just to kind of set up the the tableau here, um, we've got uh, 
We're, we're kind of thrust into a situation where you're seeing some news reports, first of all, really quickly, just kind of plant the seed of a troop of clowns that came down with some sort of horrible illness, uh, you know, this famous clown Blippo, but then his entire kind of uh, uh, cadre of clowns, if you will, um, who uh, come down with some sort of illness while traveling uh, in, they don't say Transylvania, do they? I think, Romania. They, actually, I think they just they say, say Romania. Romania. Yeah. yeah. Romania. Yeah. Um, so now all of our horror, uh, you know, spidey senses are tingling here. We have, <laughs> I just saw, oh, Ron just said the honking, uh, which is a very good, a very good, funny name for a, for a clown horror movie. Anyway. Um, and, and now they're, they're, they're clown corpses, of course, in full makeup and regalia are being shipped back across the Atlantic, um, to, to, uh, to this, this lab, um, we quickly find that one of them uh, ends up getting accidentally shipped to, uh, to, to this building. But it's interesting for you to, to hear that this actually was a, a, a newspaper printer, uh, this building, because that's the, that's the office setting. Now, I guess it really could have been almost any office setting, but you guys had the building and well, that's that what was it was. So why not call it that? Right. Yeah, that's exactly what we had to do. We had to go back into the script and we changed it. So it was a newspaper facility. So it, gotcha. it, it, in the other in the, the original script, it wasn't it wasn't a newspaper. Um, but, you know, once we found the location, we were like, all right, let's rewrite it. So it matches, you know, the place that we have. So I, I think it's funny because it also just reminds me of like the, the production stories I heard about, uh, like Poultrygeist, where they got like that hollowed out like KFC. And then everybody was also living in the KFC while they're filming at the KFC. It's like, was that? <laughs> Same situation. You had a bunch of cots in a different room that's off camera. Oh, yes. We had plenty of people who were who had made that their their home for the month and mm -hmm. a half that we were there. And it had everything there. So you could it had showers. It had, you know, it was it had everything. So we we were fine. It had nice couches that everybody <laughs> could make a bed out of. And uh, and we spent many a night there after just hanging out, you know, and relaxing after a long day. Had a couple of these and, you know, so nobody, we didn't want anybody to leave. So everybody would just crash. <laughs> just have a wake couple, up two, again two the next beers. Morning. Yeah. yeah hang out two, on three, Saturday. Two, two, three bottles of vodka. Who knew? You know, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, this, this scene uh, feels Speaking like of beers, I'm going to grab another one. It's time. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm double fisting here. I opened another one, forgetting that my other one was was full. So I'm double fisting here. Another Vorsteiner pills? No, I actually grabbed because uh, this was my last Vorsteiner pills. I ended up grabbing one of these here, simply spiked situations here, um, just because oh. I'm running dangerously low on beer. As a person who does mm -hmm. beer things for a living, I'm shamefully low on beer in my house right now. Um, <laughs> In any case, a uh, really fun cast, really, f really funny cast. Um, and I can imagine this this being a fun group of folks to to, uh, um, to to hang out with. So, you know, so so we'll talk about the primary cast here. Ken uh, Star uh, is is playing Ken. Um, and exactly. then, yeah. And so easy to remember there. And then uh, Dan DeLuca, which I think you just mentioned. Right. So he's a he's a friend of yours. Mm -hmm. Right. And he yes, plays yes. Luca. Um, yes, we, we kept it simple so we get all <laughs> so when yeah. we when we write, we know who we're writing for. So that's how, that's why we do it that way. Uh, but when we got to the point where what do we want to call these guys? We were like, let's just keep it simple and just keep the names the way they are. So that's well, what, that's and what that we makes, did. 
that makes perfect sense, right? Can can like that was easier. But I was surprised to learn because I genuinely laughed out loud at Jiggets. I just thought that yes. was such a funny like rent a cop name. You know what I mean? Because that's essentially what these guys are, right? They're security guards. They're talking about how they, uh, you you know, their their histories, their their um, job histories are not the most uh, glorious, you know, uh, or glorified jobs they've done in the past. You know, uh, later we learned that like Luca was a baker, that his bakery got closed. So he ended up finding a, yep. uh, you know, just as a job, Justin or he's credited in IMDb as Rajiv, which he's he's wearing a, another guy's uniform. But Justin, he's like, yeah. nobody else would hire me kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, we learn a little bit more about Ken, which we'll, we'll hold on to that and talk about in a minute. But Jiggets just sounded like a funny buddy cop name. And so I was surprised to learn that the actor's real name is Kevin Jiggets. <laughs> <laughs> and that it is Kevin Jiggins yeah. and he's he's one of my oldest and dearest friends I love that guy he is hilarious you, yeah. I know where you were going what you were going to mention about my character and we can talk about that when you when you bring that up I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you something about Kevin that uh, a lot of people don't know about Kevin but it's uh, it ties into my character and and ah. you know what I what I pretend to be so okay all right I yeah. like that yeah we'll we'll, we'll tease that out um, so, yeah. And then, of course, we have uh, uh, Karen, Kara uh, Louise. Is it Louise? Yes, Kara Louise. She's fantastic yep. actor out of out of L.A. She's fantastic. She's got a great sense of comedic timing and she's doing a lot of work out in L.A. now. And she's she's killed it. She did a great job for us. In she's really great. Re- really, uh, really mm-hmm. funny. She plays Karen. Um, a couple other people who who aren't in it as much, but are, are worth mentioning uh, at the top of the show here. James Remar as Randall. A lot of you guys will, will recognize his face. He's been in just a, a ton of stuff. Um, I think most notably or, or the uh, thing a lot of folks will remember him as um, he was in uh, uh, Oppenheimer just recently. Yes, he was. Right? So like people, people. Mm-hmm. uh I mean, you'll remember him from a, a million different things, but that was one of like the highest grossing uh, uh, movies of, of last year. So I think I think our fans specifically will remember him as one of the first F- FBI agents we encounter in Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> yes. And also we do. Ken, I need to explain this real fast. We do a horrible, horrible podcast. It's it's really a scourge of my existence. It's a Patreon exclusive podcast. Just for our okay. Patreon viewers, where Steve is making me watch all the Fast and the Furious movies, and I'd never seen them, um, and uh, and he likes them, and I don't, and and it's it's he just is dragging me through the mud every single episode. Um, but yes, <laughs> you're right, Steve. He did. He was in the Fast and the Furious um, yeah. franchise. I don't. I don't want to say anything because I, I haven't seen any of the Fast and Furious movies at all. Yeah, I had only seen the first one. Sorry, (laughs) I'm sorry, Steve. I had. I'm sorry. That's all right. Hey, don't don't burn any bridges, Ken. You might be able to wind up in part eleven if you you try. Like, don't don't burn any bridges that way. (laughs) Listen, I I got now. Now I watched Hobbs and Shaw. Does that count? Yeah. So you watch that. That's that count as one. Yeah, that's that's one of them. It's a side story. Yeah. 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 I I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. I had only seen the first one. And then Steve has has chosen to punish me by going through all these. We've watched seven of them so far. Anyway, Deanna Reasonover plays Penny. She's Mm -hmm. great. Uh, She's kind of an emotional kind of character. We, We get a couple of quick sequences 
uh, with the great Tiffany Shepis as Stacy. Yep. And then uh, a great, uh, really funny cameo uh, by the great Matt Servito uh, as as Willie, the kind of badass and then quickly dead janitor. Um, and and yes. uh, he, one eyed janitor. Yeah, one <laughs> and uh, so again, another a really, really um, recognizable performer. Anyway, um, you know, I would describe this, and and I hope you think this is fair. I would describe this as like a horror take on uh, uh, almost a, almost like a, uh, and I don't mean this in a literal sense, although it does come into the story at some point. But like a a horror, a stoner horror take on like. Uh, Super Troopers, a little bit. Yeah, that, you, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah. You really did, because that's you know that was kind of where the the avenue we were going down with this whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that we wanted it to have that feel, that kind of a movie feel to it, w- with the horror bent to it, as opposed to you know uh, just being silly. So uh, we also kind of modeled it after um, Shaun of the Dead. Sure. In that yeah, game yeah. a little bit. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that was, that was where we got the inspiration. So, uh, you know, I love those movies. I love hot fuzz, you know, uh, all of those movies that those Same. guys did the, uh, yeah. So I love those. And when we wrote this, I was just like, yeah, I wanted to have that kind of feel to it. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of people bring up, um, killer clowns from outer space when they see it. Um, sure. but, but that was more our director, Mitchell Altieri. He brought that to the film when he came mm-hmm. on board. So, yeah. 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 There's a couple of gags too, that now that you say that I'm like, boy, they could be straight out of, uh, of uh, Shaun of the dead, uh, a couple <laughs> of gags later <laughs> on. So we'll, we'll talk about them for, you know, I will say, um, a handful. And, and when Steve was, was talking about, you know, I think connected with you about coming on, he was like, we got to do the night watchman. It's, it's really funny. He's like, you're going to like it a lot. And I did. I laughed out loud uh, a lot, quite a bit during this movie. Right off the bat, when uh, when you've got Ken, so you, so I, I, I'll set this up right. So you've got Ken and Jiggets. They are kind of like the the buddy cop duo, right? The best friend duo who work together. It's kind of their domain, right? Uh, the back room, the security room, if you will, at the newspaper. They've got their kind of security guard outfits ready ready to rock, and you can pretty much tell right off the bat kind of what those characters are like, you know. Jiggets is the is the kind of hard boiled, no nonsense kind of guy, and then Ken's kind of the the try hard, right? Like you see right off the bat, you got you got the the sleeves rolled up, you're flashing the guns, you know. He's 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 just uh, just like he, in real, take, just like in real life. Yeah, like, that's what I said. We got a dang old beefcake on our hands. Listen, guys, in the horror community, we don't got a lot of professional athlete beefcakes over here. Uh, me and Steve are mostly just like you know. I have like four half-eaten Twizzlers in front of me, so that's that's where we're at, uh, usually in the horror community. So, it's Brian, uh, Brian uh, and I are are composed of ninety percent pierogi, so like, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I like a good pierogi. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that we're, right we're, now. We're a bunch of soft boys over here in the horror community, typically. So, so yeah, Ken's Ken's flashing the guns in the in the movie, and you can kind of tell that that really gives a, a little bit of an indication of where his character's coming from, right? He's kind of really uh i, I want to go as far yeah i mean kind of attempting to to haze the new hire which is justin who oh for sure has already been hired 
and they're acting like they're interviewing him, like they have a say whether he works there or not, right? So they're kind of like giving him giving him the uh, the the third degree, and and uh, one of the lines that got me laughing right off the bat uh was uh was was the phrase uh santa dicks i think i think jiggins throws out there right in the first scene yeah. i was like all right i i feel like i'm i feel like i'm gonna be on board with 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 the uh the tone of this movie um the the uh another great line which you know he doesn't have a ton of lines but uh uh but luca the uh uh what <laughs> what does he say what do you mean? What do I mean? Like, I'll, I'm a yes. sucker, sucker for that line. Um, anyway, so so a lot of lot of banter, a lot of fun, kind of buddy cop stuff, um, and then of course you have the uh, uh, the interloper, right? You have Justin, the young kid, coming in there and and kind of getting getting yes. read the riot act. Uh, these stoner guys, you know, delivery guys leave a corpse in exchange for weed. Right. And Jiggett's like yep. kind of is like, hey, I will let you leave this here. Because they're going to give him a dime bag. Right. Or something along those lines. Exactly. So so this is the inciting incident, obviously. Um, but of course, at this point, it's it's just kind of breezed over. Right. We got other we got other people to be introduced to Randall is uh is uh, he's like kind of the boss right but he's like the company creep also like he's kind of yes, the guy who you don't you don't want to rub up against going between the cubicles he's a real creep and, but he also kind of wanted wants to be part of the gang a little bit yeah yes one of the my favorite lines from him one of my favorite lines from him because jane remar came in and he wanted to do something different with this character he didn't want to play mm -hmm. you know like he normally does he wanted to mm -hmm. make this guy strange and and creepy and yeah. uh the one line when we we he we meet him for the first time he walks into our office and uh he he comes up to us and he says you know what about uh you know you're you're a muscular guy you like you know you like gladiator movies he says that to yeah. me and then he tells his wife on the phone as he's walking out he's like yeah we're gonna have a ben-hur hot tub night <laughs> and I was like, yeah i love that he that was, was just bought was in 100 percent on playing an absolute creep um and and just just selling it right i, I love love to see there a, was a guy one who, i got I got so many things to say about James Remar. He the things he wouldn't do and the things he would do. Yeah. Because we, there was one where we, where I say in one scene, yeah, he was rubbing his junk up against Barney's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would. He yeah. was like, he goes, I'm not doing that. I got the, <laughs> the director called him into the office and they closed the door. You could hear him yelling at each other. And I'm guess what? Five minutes later, five minutes later, he was doing it. I was going to say he did so, do it. He yeah. did do it. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what they said to each other in there, but I just heard yelling. Bye. And then next thing you know, he came out. He goes, all right, let's do it. Hey, that's a mark of a good director there. Yeah. He, oh, he totally, he totally sells it, though, because like it, it's it's. It was one of the more like standout things to me about this film, because like, obviously I've seen we've all seen James Remar and a whole bunch of stuff, and he's yep. always super serious and super straight laced and like just up and down. And like in this film, he is sweaty. He's gross. His posture shit His like yeah. neck is tucked into his. He's just like, hey, guys, <laughs> yeah. what's yeah. going yeah. on? <laughs> Well, and I actually fantastic. had to look real quick and yeah. like, who is that? Who, is that him? You know what I mean? I had to like IMDb it to make yep. sure. He's, and he had that little list. He had that little list when he talked. He goes, yeah. Ah, yeah. Let's, let's document the merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> he was great. And, and let me tell you something, just hanging out with him, you know, when we weren't shooting, we, cool guy, really down to earth. You know, we were sitting around one day and everybody's, we started talking, talking about stories about, yeah, you ever been arrested? Right. And I don't know why we started talking about it, but, you know, one of the actors was like, oh, yeah, you know, I got arrested here. And me, I was like, yeah, you know, I got messing around in high school. You know, we got pulled over. We had some beer in the car and I got arrested for that. And then all of a sudden, Rebar just leans back and he's like, yeah, well, this one time when I was over in England, I got uh, got off the plane. I got arrested for uh, heroin. what okay and then and then you know goes around the room a couple more times a couple more people say something then he goes yeah well there was another time and i got back off the plane in la and uh got arrested for heroin again (laughs) whoa (laughs) what's going up but he's been sober for 30 plus right years yeah, yeah. so okay. that was a long yeah. time ago and he was just telling stories of what happened and it's all public man everybody knows what happened you know he was in alien yeah, yeah. aliens and and he got replaced by michael bean because he got arrested for heroin oh. and it was yeah. over i remember hearing when that he i remember sweet. actually listening to that on a different podcast coincidentally yeah he broke his foot <laughs> on the way in too from la oh geez so you know oh, how you gotta wow. take your lap you gotta take your laptop and everything out at the airport, yeah. you got to take your shoes, shoes off and then you got to take your electronics out. So he took his shoes off and then he went to take his laptop out and it slipped out of his hand and dropped right on top of his foot. Oh, oh shit. Jesus. Broke his foot. And he came out and he, he didn't get it checked. Obviously, he flew out. We picked him up from the airport, got to the set. His foot was all swollen. He had stunts to do and everything, too. Went to the hospital, got it x-rayed. Boom. Yep. Your foot's broken, sir. Came back to set, did his shoot, did all his stunts, never complained once. That's a trooper. Boom. James Remar. Pro. Hats off to him. What a great job. So pro move. Yeah. Pro move. Oh, and yeah. he, yep. he I mean, he just is one of those those characters. I said, you know, uh, along with uh yeah, Matt, Matt Servito, who just like build out the world so well, right? Um, and, and it would it'd be a different movie without him. Yeah, Matt, um, Matt, Matt's a great actor. He's hilarious. He's funny to be around. He's one of the funnest guys I've ever been around in my entire life. He did an excellent job on that. Gave us great ideas for the character and, and you know, the scenes that he was in. You know, uh, when we were shooting the one scene where he gets shot in the head. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's sitting in the chair right before the camera rolls. He's like... He's sitting there and, you know, he's, he's duct taped to the chair and he's sitting there with the fangs and he's got all the makeup on. And he's just like, yeah, I went to Juilliard <laughs> here, and here I am. Here we are. I was going to say, he's like we a classically like, trained, like, uh, I don't know if I say Shakespearean guy, but he's like a classically trained, like stage actor guy. Right. He went to Juilliard. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, I mean, he's, he's got a great background as an actor and he's been doing it for so long and he's fantastic in everything he does. So, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a guy that just, he's going to steal the show when he's on screen. Um, yep. So j- jumping back into, we get introduced to Karen and Penny. Um, one of my favorite scenes, especially early on, they come in, Karen becomes the love interest of Ken pretty early on. Uh, we don't know yet, but, kind of penny is 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 also kind of karen's love interest you just think they're kind of friends in the office at this point um in any case 
they walk in and of course be in the 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 dirt dirt bags and you know in their in their little world in their little security room they are they're watching porn right so they're watching porn on like nine you know uh what should be security monitor screens and they come in and they're all quickly trying to shut it off because they're all embarrassed and ken grabs the the cord and (laughs) rips the entire socket with this with the uh uh, drywall (laughs) out of the wall uh which is a great bit and he's standing there holding a big hunk of drywall and it's you know uh, uh the the outlet and everything's still on it so you know leave it up to randall uh he's a creep he's you know (laughs) they hint at the fact that he's also um, uh, a necrophiliac and that's why he was creeping around the coffin. Um, But he, he, he ends up opening the casket and, uh, and, and lets out uh, Blimpo who we, we obviously all know as the, uh, as the audience is, uh, is going to be a vampire. So guys, here's what we got here. We got dang old vampire clowns. Um, You introduced to Tiffany Shepis as Stacy, who's like this ultra, sexually aggressive office uh employee um which uh <laughs> again count honkula um yeah she is she's hilarious in this and later <laughs> i mean her her uh ultimate kind of demise is 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 pretty pretty tremendous as well um blimpo starts aggressively draining people's blood uh, first the guy who's walking his dog this is not a, a seductive uh sexy uh you know um uh uh bram stoker's dracula type of way or not the the the, the book isn't sexy but like the movie the bram stoker's dracula yeah kind of reads like it's, this it's isn't not gary oldman sex. it's not gary oldman it's not seduct- seductive uh sexy vampire this is mean old uh, uh, vampire clown is going to pick you up and rip, rip your throat out. Can I tell you about that guy who was walking the dog who, who we originally approached to play that character? Two, two actors that you got you guys are going to be like, oh, man, that would have been great, right? Mm-hmm. We were originally uh, we originally approached John Waters. Oh, oh really? Yes. God, I love yeah, John Waters. Because Baltimore. The Baltimore yeah, connection. Of and, I didn't even make... And, you know, I've worked on John's films... You know, when he shot Cecil B. Demented, I worked on that. I auditioned for mm-hmm. his a uh, couple of his other ones. Um, but we I, we were friends with the casting director, who is John's best friend, Pat Moran, up in Baltimore. And we oh, okay. asked her and, sh- you know, she approached him about it and he was thinking about it. But then, you know, he kind of was like, eh, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to pass. So we were like, fine. All right. All well and good. Um. Then we started making phone calls. We got we got a when we brought on the director from L.A. Mitchell Altieri, uh, we got an L.A. casting director as well. We were talking with Franklin's agent about having him come out, but the price got a little <laughs> bit too high. The price yeah. got a little too high for him. But we it, we were, you know, he fielded it. And he was like, "Yeah, you know, I'll do it." But you know, you guys got to pay me the price. We were just like, "Ah, oh, we can't afford that, man." We, we <laughs> could have had Frank Langella. Just for walking the dog. Yeah. Boom. yeah. I mean, either one would be awesome. Either one would be uh, would be have been fantastic. It's still still a great scene, but yeah, I I, I would 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 love to see just you know a relatively small part guy walking dog that gets his blood sucked out, his throat ripped out, and it's just uh, John Waters, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Allen walking down the street. Yeah. Would have been great. To get, would have been great. To get John Waters for that point for that part would have been like you know anytime you see like a an indie film shot in new york and like lloyd kaufman shows up and gets killed 
Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like this, it's the same thing. It's just like now it's Baltimore local. <laughs> yep. Yep. We, we almost had them. Almost. But yeah. <laughs> This is a, a great <laughs> line, which, um, you know, if, if this was a movie that I saw in college, I could have saw, you know, me, me and my friends just repeating this line uh, regularly. I wish I would have wrote down a little bit more of the um, the context around it. Ken, you might remember better. But so we get introduced to Barney, who's like the, the you know, just the kind of asshole guy that they love to torment around the office. You know, they eat his lunch. They fuck with him, you know, and and they kind he's the kind kind of guy. He, he kind of knows that they just dick off off all day and and kind of wants to hold their feet to the fire on it but but they just kind of torture him about it because the boss likes them and <laughs> they're talking about how he doesn't have toilet paper he's mad because he doesn't have toilet paper mm-hmm. and they're like what do we, you know i listen this isn't our job that's not our department and jiggit says something to him about uh he doesn't have any toilet paper to wipe his ass his dirty butt juice sloshing around <laughs> It's just a great, great. Listen, I have a seven, I have seven and nine year old daughters and just anything about dirty butt juice is going to make me crack up. Um, but so, so people are starting to turn, turn into undead corpses at this point. Right. So, so the vampire Mm -hmm. virus or whatever it is, is, is spreading, um, you know, bloods everywhere kind of thing. Um, they're attacking people inside the office. Um, just, running around and randomly exposing each other's breasts um you know as vampires are are want to do um and they all decide uh they they see it on the screens and it's like a a bit of a holy shit moment and he says uh uh justin says we gotta call 911 runs over to call 911 luca who up until this point is like the mysterious guy Right. Um, is like no cops. He like stabs the phone and then he sees everything that's happening. He's like, okay, maybe cops calls them. <laughs> and the expected wait time for nine one one is six hours, which is a great, great bit. Um, well, you know, remember Jiggett's line. What does he yeah. say right after that? He walks up and he's like, fucking Baltimore. <laughs> oh yeah. Fucking Baltimore. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cause it was like, it wasn't even that there is, vampire clowns on the loose it's just baltimore right yes yeah, it's baltimore. six hour wait for 911 god damn it fucking baltimore shit that's not good um, police <laughs> no is that is that a is that a uh, a line from that's the a show that reference. i've ever seen yeah yeah i got it yep um yep. it is <laughs> so uh Really cool scene I loved here of of them watching on the screen one of the office workers being dragged off by someone you can't see on camera. Really yeah. cool that was shot. Karen. Aaron. Yeah, that was Karen. Oh, is that Karen that getting was, pulled up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That, I just didn't Karen. even make the connection just until just now. Okay. Um yeah. But this was something interesting. First of all, I'm interested to hear how, how they, they shot that. How, you know, what was the easy what was the way that they, they pulled that off? But also I'm kind of thinking i've seen hundreds certainly well over 100 vampire movies i'm sure that might be the first time i'm introduced to that aspect of the lore which is that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
you can't see vampires on ca- on on closed circuit cameras. Security cameras. Yeah, <laughs> security cameras. Can't see them. Can't see Yeah, I love that aspect to the vampire lore, and I want that to just be widely accepted canon now. But uh, I think that that might be the first time I've ever seen that. So to add to the vampire lore uh, after a hundred years of vampire movies is uh, more. Jeez, way more than a hundred years of vampire movies. That is uh, that, that's an impressive feat. But I am interested to see, hear how that how that was shot. If you recall, uh, well, what they did was, um, uh, of course, she had a stunt double, but she did mm-hmm. do the part where she fell down and, yep. you know, she she's waving and all of a sudden she gets grabbed and she falls to the ground. Well, what mm-hmm. they had on the stunt uh, woman was they had a, a wire and, a, mm-hmm. and a, uh, a ratchet pull. So what they did was once she fell down, the wire just pulls her out and she goes sliding across the floor. Um, And then in post-production, then they paint the wire out. You don't see the wire. You just see her sliding out of the frame. So, yeah, but that's it looks great. Yeah, it look it looked yeah, great. Yeah. I, I am the uh, uh, as you if you haven't told already, Steve is the is the the trained uh, 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 filmmaker and I'm just the. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, you know the dipshit uh, 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 horror nerd. So I, I'm always, I'm still very oohed and odd by how things like this get pulled off. Um, but in any case, uh, uh, pretty quickly we learn Penny and Stacy are now vampires, and just like chaos is ensuing at this point. Karen, we learn is is still kicking, and great scene. And this is what I meant when I, it, it feels like it could be a Shaun of the Dead scene, is when they're like, wow, you know, she's still alive because Ken has this crush on Karen. Karen runs up, stabs him at right like in above the breast, like right in the chest with a pencil or a pen, and it's like that <laughs> right. delayed reaction scream. Right here. that delayed reaction scream is just a gag that is going to make me laugh every single time it's like the chaos 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 stab quick pause silence Ah! (laughs) you know just that delayed (laughs) scream is so great um it actually you know what it reminds me of and i just made this connection is it reminds me of when ricky bobby stabs himself in the leg with a knife in talladega nights oh yeah (laughs) yes yes (laughs) when he's like stab Ah, you know that just came to me oh you think about that too what else does it go back to young frankenstein when gene wilder takes a scalpel and sticks it in his leg oh yeah like, oh yeah mm. that is a hundred percent the origin mm. of that gag you're right yeah mm. so <laughs> i'm a big yep. Mel brooks fan and that's that's one of my favorite movies of all time young frankenstein i love it yeah i same, watch it same. anytime all- it's on I'm almost ashamed that I didn't <laughs> that I didn't make that connection. Yeah, that is absolutely the origin of, of that gag. Um, we also get get a, an important plot point because it throws you off the scent here is that Karen and Penny are a, are a couple. Right. So Ken's like, mm-hmm, ah, mm-hmm. shit, because Ken yeah. had a crush on Karen. He's surprised. He's like, <laughs> oh, she's gay. So now he thinks that that perhaps, uh, uh, you know, he doesn't have a chance anymore. He's not really sure, you know, where she stands in terms of her sexuality. But um, so so that kind of throws off the scent of the romantic tie there between those two characters. Um They do decide they're going to escape in a car. They run to the car. They don't have the keys. Um, There's this whole there's this great joke about how they all. Uh, assume jiggets can hot wire the car and it's like is it because i'm black you all think they can hot wire a car they're like yeah and he's like fucking white people yeah um great great gag yeah Yeah, look Um, to be honest i think that the real kevin jiggets can hot wire a car so (laughs) 
And as a matter of fact, when he was a young kid in D.C., that's what he did. So. Yeah. Well, there you go. Listen, there's always truth. There's a certain there amount go. of truth behind the gag, right? Exactly. Um, Karen decides she's going to make a run for it in heels, which is which is a ballsy move. Um, mm-hmm. Another great, another great, you know, Mel Brooks ish gag um, is Ken's trying to get her to not right. He's got feelings for her. He's he's obviously worried about her well being. She's going to make a run for it. He looks under that. They open the garage door. She runs under, and he's looking under at her. And I believe Jiggett says, "Were you check? You were checking out her ass, weren't you?" And then he goes, of course not. And then does the double take smile nod. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just again, it's like a great, yeah, great Mel, Mel, Mel Brooks gag. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> it's yeah. a funny, it's a funny gag. It's, it's like a funny series of jokes too, because the way she disappears off into like the night and mm-hmm. then there's nothing. And then you just hear all the monsters and she comes back running <laughs> the, the opposite direction. And it's she still just like did a this, circle, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's still the same flat framing of everything. So, like you know, comedy's always best in a flat, wide frame. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. why you know when she comes running back in and she's just chased by clowns and vampires, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, we get this is where we get uh, uh, Matt Servito jumping in as the badass janitor, and he comes in and he's got this, some, you know, he's got some some degree of secret knowledge, right? Can go ahead. He does, but do, do you know who? Do you, do you know the vampire that he killed right there? You know who that was? No, Rain Rain Pryor, Richard Pryor's daughter. That was Rain Pryor. No shit! Wow. Mm-hmm. No, yep. I would have never known that in a million years. That's really cool. That was yeah, because he, that was he Rain she Pryor. comes running through. Yeah, she comes running after Karen, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, she, she jumps. Yeah, she comes straight. in under the door. Under the door with Karen, holding on to Karen's legs. So we right. kind of rip them both into the into the bay, and then the door closes. But then we've got to deal with that vampire that's on top of Karen, and that's when Matt Servito comes in and takes care mm-hmm. of the vampire. But that's Rain Pryor. That's yeah. That's we always cool. try to get Rain in our in our movies every chance we get. You know, Rain's fantastic. She lives in Baltimore, so we got to get her in our oh, movies. That's cool. Every chance that we was can. what I was going to ask. Yeah. Is she a Baltimore local? That's that's awesome. That's she awesome. Is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Matt comes in as, as Willie, the, the kind of, uh, uh, almost like cowboyish, you know, somewhere between cowboy and, 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 and Kung Fu or something like that. Right. He comes in and it reminds me more of Quint and Samuel L. <laughs> Jackson's character in deep blue sea because of what happens yes. exactly after this. <laughs> yeah. He nailed it, man. That's where the inspiration came from. Quint and that cat. We were like, yeah, let's, oh, I want it to be like a mashup of this. Yeah. When we yeah. were talking about writing it. Yeah. That was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just because Back. of what happens right after this of mm-hmm. him, he's standing in front of a darkened doorway, giving this big speech and just like Samuel Jackson, and then is just sucked off into the darkness, and like, oh, he's killed, and turns into a vampire. <laughs> well, and they're all they're all hanging on his word, like they're leaning into his phrase, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's whoop, and then he just gets you know the the Samuel J- Jackson treatment. Uh, oh, um, the balls! No, oh, not the balls! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just so unceremoniously, um, and then he comes back within a few minutes. Uh, uh, and and we get a great scene with him here in a second. But um, uh, interestingly enough, 
the, the thing that I remember, and this scene reminded me of it so much, is like Matt Servito has been in in a lot of things, but a show that that I actually was on for a decent amount of episodes, uh, but he was so funny in is Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. He plays Satan in Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. And it, it, I mean, as many things as he's in, for me personally, when I see him, that's, 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 I don't know if that would be the ideal thing. I don't know how he feels about it, but like that show was so, so funny and uh, just so. Uh, yeah, he, he loves working on that shit. show. He talked about it. Yeah, he talked about it all the time. You know, he talked yeah. about how, what a fantastic time he had working on that show. So, yeah, he, he enjoyed that show a lot. Yeah, really yeah. I mean, that, that is like one of the, the most just kind of funny, subversive uh, uh, comedy shows of the last freaking decade plus, as far as I'm concerned. But um, in any case, I mean, most people don't pray from The Sopranos, right? But I that, that, that's, yeah. I think a lot of our a lot of our uh, as as agent, I think it was Agent Harris or whatever, right? Um, yeah, agent, but, ha- agent Harris in uh, on Banshee, he was Brock. So Banshee oh, yeah, was Banshee. another yeah, our uh, our our uh, um, you know delinquent fan base might know him from your pretty face going to hell. But um, <laughs> in any case, uh, we get this great bit where he comes back. They have him tied to a chair. Ken is kind of always you know kind of struggling with this idea. You know, you get introduced to him earlier on as like he's an ex marine, right? So he's kind of got this like you know. Uh, uh, Tommy Tough Nuts type of uh, approach. He's got, like I said, the sleeves rolled up, the whole thing, and he's trying to prove his badassness the whole time. But he keeps mm-hmm, coming up mm-hmm. just short. In this instance, he takes charge and he's going to kill the vampires. That is Matt Servito, Willie, um, and he stabs him through the chest. But he's used the plastic broom, right? So it's not a wooden stake, so it doesn't doesn't help. So there's like these series of kind of blunders. But mm-hmm. Ken, go ahead. I know you had a story about about kind of his background and all that. Oh, uh, the Marine thing. You just mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. Yep, so yep. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm supposed to be a badass Marine. Well, in real life, Kevin Jiggets was a Marine. Oh, cool. So believe it or not. And uh, I don't know if you guys in history remember the Beirut bombing in 1983. Sure. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah. We're a little young for it, but, but yeah. Yes, you could, you could. You could look it up, but Kevin was a Marine at the time. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, terrorists attacked the barracks in, in, in Beirut, and uh, 241 Marines and soldiers were killed. Oh. Uh, Kevin Kevin was in the building, and oh, uh, he was buried under rubble. They had to dig him out. And, uh, yeah, so Kevin is a Marine, and thank you for your service, Mr. Jiggets, because... You know, you went through some stuff and, uh, you know, that's part of Kevin's history. And (laughs) and we love Kevin for that. And, you know, I I sit there and and Kevin and I talk about that many times, you know, and he 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 talked about it, you know, since I've known him since we met years ago Mm -hmm. on the set of Random Hearts, which was that Harrison Ford movie we met. Oh, yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah. And for years, he wouldn't talk about it. Um, He wouldn't talk about the incident and he wouldn't talk about any of it. And uh, Mm -hmm. You know, finally, you know, after years and, you know, and I, 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 it was Kevin's decision, but, you know, he bounced the idea off of me many times. He's like, you know, should I talk about it? And I'm like, Kevin, yes, it's who you are, man. I mean, it's who, mm-hmm. you know, you need to tell your story. And um, since then, he's been going every year. He goes to the the reunion of the people who lived through it. 
Mm -hmm. uh, at Camp Lejeune. So he goes every October. He goes down there. And uh, yeah, so Kevin was a Marine and and just being I, me playing a Marine who was faking being a Marine. I felt like yeah. crap sometimes. <laughs> Some days I was just like, oh, Jesus, you know, because I got a guy right next to me who lived it, you know, and, and, and it, 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 you know, he saw his friends you know killed and it was just it was you know it was tough some days yeah so, you're doing fake yeah. stolen valor in front of him <laughs> exactly <laughs> and I, I you know and we talked about it too like i pulled him aside and said kevin you know i'm you know you read the script right is it okay and he's like yeah he goes it's funny he goes yeah you know because don't well, worry and that about dynamic it. played it into it and i think enhanced yeah. the the relationship because because you know jiggett's character like he loves him. He obviously they're they're friends. He cares about Ken, but at the same time, there's like a little bit of like eye rolling. You know what I mean when he when he mm -hmm. talks about his mm -hmm. marine stuff and everything. Um, and and you kind yeah. of get the feeling that he knew that Ken wasn't necessarily representing himself in the in in, in the right light. You know. Um, yeah. But uh, on on a on a complete maybe the biggest 180 in the history of the show. Uh, when people die, there's a recurring joke where they fart and shit everywhere. <laughs> yeah, which is great. And, which is great. And I got to tell you, the first festival it played at, there was one scene where the fart didn't happen, mm -hmm. and oh. I lost it. I lost it. I was out of the theater, man. I had the producers on the phone. I was like, "We got to get that fixed. What are we doing? We, this is terrible." Get your, you know, get the your whole fart movie guy on the phone. And and there was the one scene when we we fight them all, right? Mm -hmm. And and um, we're killing the, like everybody, and they're like at the end of the scene, like they're dead bodies everywhere of clowns. Yeah, I'm like, where's the fart? And they, the director was like, yeah, you know, I, I thought it would be a bit much right there. I was like, are you kidding me? That's when the oh, whole man. building should just go, you know what I mean? Because yeah. we just killed 10, 20 clown vampires. They should all, you know, splash giant parts. It didn't happen. Yeah. I think uh, we missed something. I missed, we, we missed an opportunity right there. We really did. I think that's the time where like they all go off almost like firecrackers. And then yes. once you think it's done. <laughs> One more just kind of <laughs> one squeaker goes off in the in the end. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh man. Um this is another uh uh you know, almost like a trope that I, I don't know that I've seen before in in vampire movies. One thing that that in the past, uh, you know, and this is more of a a virus vampire movie, which which quite a few are. Um, but mm -hmm. this is an interesting thing in that Typically, when somebody turns into a vampire, their kind of ailments go away. But in this instance, Penny is still nearsighted, even though she's a vampire. <laughs> so her losing her glasses, she's still nearsighted, which I think was genuinely the first time I've seen that as well. Um, so a adding to the to the vampire lore there. Um, Bimbo uh, pulls out his great bit, uh, his kind of Viking horn for clowns, which is, of course, a bike horn. You know, so like, and yeah. he just holds it out over the town from from a high area and just kind of honks his horn, and it calls all the 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 vampire clowns that have that have kind of spread out into the town, um, and also it lends a little bit of a ticking clock element, right, to, to the film as well. Yes, great scene where uh, uh, Stacy uh, Justin gets attacked by Stacy accidentally 
kind of honks her boobs. I don't know how else to say it. Um, and <laughs> yeah. then gets blood barfed on. And that is just the yes. quickest. It's like vampire accidentally honk the vampire's boobs. Vampire gets a little bit horny, then gets stabbed and blood, barfs blood all over the kid's face. <laughs> it's just a real emotional roller coaster. And then Justin's character responds accordingly which is he's kind of traumatized. He's on edge. He pops up. He's got a gun. He's pointing it at uh, Barney, right? Barney, the, the asshole mm -hmm. from earlier, mm -hmm. comes in. And they do this whole thing. Yep. He's making Barney dance. And Barney, yes. in, his, in his pressure and in his panic, doesn't know anything else to do but do a sexy dance. So they're all like, <laughs> yes. what are you doing, Barney? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Shame him. That's another one of my best friends, Dan Franco, who played Barney. And yes, we when we do horror cons, we put a little sign on the table that say Barney will sexy dance for a dollar. And people come up and, <laughs> and give us and he a has dollar. To keep we're like, getting up and doing it. But like, dude, get up, let's go. And he gets up and he does his little sexy dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yeah, Dan, he was he was he was he was a trooper, man. He was, and the stuff he came up with, he was actually practicing the twerk with the stunt guys because he didn't know how to do it. So the, yeah. the stunt guys would try to teach him how to twerk. <laughs> I my to add on to this scene, it's just like I said, this is a really funny scene that they adds on to it as well. Is Jiggets trying to beatbox just? Mm -hmm. I was cracking up. That was such. I, I I wish I would have. I've only saw it the one time, and I rewound and watched it again. I was dying, but I wish I could remember just because he doesn't in, really intentionally horrible beatbox, and everybody's like, "What the fuck? Like, what are you doing?" They start shaming him, but uh, I won't do it justice. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, "What was? What is wrong with you?" But yeah. <laughs> gotta go back and watch that but scene. Did you did you catch the bet? My favorite line. My favorite line of the whole film. I think mm -hmm. is when he's he says, I'm a bust a cap in that ass. And then I just look <laughs> at him and go. <laughs> that was good. That was good. You got him a quick thumbs up. You got it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you I, got, I, that was it. The context <laughs> is like throughout the film, Jiggins is firing off kind of like these stereotypical, you know, badass thug lines, but he's messing them all up. And so that's yeah, the one he yep. gets right. That's the one he gets yeah. right. It's just like, you got that one, dude. <laughs> well, and then like, later on, he even does the well, thing where he's like, I know you guys think I'm some sort of badass thug. <laughs> like, yeah. No, no one actually thinks that. <laughs> I love NASCAR. <laughs> oh, that, we're gonna get that. that was one of my that was that was one of my favorite lines in, in the movie. I wear sandals <laughs> with socks. Um anyway, so so they get this this kind of like quick like a uh, 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 come and clean moment where they're all surrounded by vampires you know they're kind of fighting for their life and ken admits that he was only a marine for a few days and then he accidentally shot his bunk mate and and was uh, and was dishonorably mm -hmm. discharged so he kind of comes clean on that and then certainly not coincidentally after he comes clean and gets that off his chest now all of a sudden he has this renewed sense of 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 uh of confidence in himself and and kind of the 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 freedom that comes with a clean conscience i guess so now all of a sudden he's he's able to kind of step up and you know be a hero in the way that he you know wasn't when he felt like he was pretending he was something he wasn't right um but before we get that we get randall is a vampire now and has a gun and he's just kind of firing randomly in the air which is a a fun um 
uh, I think that happens a lot in this film, though, of Mm -hmm. just like the guns go off. Like, I think it it seems like a post-production thing. Like sometimes the editor maybe just put in a gunfire, like, (laughs) but the gun's not pointed at anything in particular. And I think it happens with Ken and Randall. And maybe I think it maybe even happens with Jiggets. And it's just like guns go off in this film. Like anything. Ken Ken closes his eyes when he has the gun. Like for the first three quarters of the movie, when he has when he's firing the gun, he closes his eyes and he's just kind of firing randomly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is a funny scene because Randall, they dispatch Randall ultimately with a with a with a garlicky sub sandwich. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Which we, I, I neglected to mention Jiggett's uh, meatball sub. But Justin reaching into his pockets to try to find the car keys of Randall and accidentally touching his dick, touching his quote unquote yes. vampire dick. <laughs> like because yes. he's a creep and he has a hole in his pocket. Right. That's the, yeah. the joke is he's he's rubbing his dick through what? his pocket. Right. <laughs> playing what what my what my father used to say when i was a child pocket pull um (laughs) if you were if you were ever like kind of digging in your pocket like (laughs) scratching your nuts my dad would say what are you playing pocket pull um so he's 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 worried because he touched uh randall's vampire dick um like i said once ken comes clean he kind of starts becoming more like confident and capable they get out of the situation they get to the keys of the car but then they're ambushed um uh uh by the time they reach it uh, and jiggets is dragged off um and then you know karen ends up being trapped in this kind of like cage enclosure jiggets gets trapped dragged off so this is kind of the low point for for the gang you know it's pretty much ken and justin ken explains uh that jiggets was was really his only friend ken, justin's kind of the sad sack young kid you know, kind of lose or whatever. And he's like, well, you probably have a ton of friends, you know, and here's the, the kind of emotional climax when Ken's like, no, you know, it was just Jiggets. He was my only friend. Um, and then Justin gives him this pep talk um, to kind of help him, or I'm sorry, Ken gives Justin this pep talk, but then he just bails. <laughs> Justin's like, no, <laughs> dude, I'm not doing it. Um, so, which was kind of an unexpected, uh, I don't say heel turn, but you think that like Justin and Ken, who are kind of the two like sad sacks, but for different reasons, we're going to kind of pump each other up and be there for each other. But then Justin's like, nah, dog, fuck you. I'm going to stay here <laughs> and just kind of lets Ken go do his own thing. Um, but Ken ultimately builds up the nerve uh, and, and kind of goes on his own. In the meantime, Justin stays behind, finds Jiggett's big stash of what did he call it? Uh, what was the what was the strain of weed? Uh, Hebrew diesel he- or something like that. He- Hebrew Kush. Hebrew Kush. Hebrew Kush. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, Hebrew Kush. And because uh, we've we've learned at this point that Jiggets is is a Jew, which we were not. We mm-hmm. no no one no mm-hmm. one was expecting. And he's like, you know, I'm like Sammy Davis Jr. You know, he goes into this big big uh, rant about what, what, it. But what do you? Th- how do you kill Van? What do you throw a dreidel at him? Yeah. Oh yeah. When said, yeah, I completely neglected to mention that, but it's it's a it's a, it's a recurring yeah. gag. Um, Justin just stays, like I said, gets baked in the security room and then uh, kind of has a change of heart and then runs out and ultimately does save Ken from from Blimpo, who uh, who, you know, promptly shits his pants as, as soon as he as soon as Justin kills him. But um, <laughs> I, I have to they, say, I really love like just the way they all wind up getting surrounded by all the clowns have come in. Yeah. Like the other, the other vampires are kind of sedated from the weed, but then everybody yeah, they put gets all together. Weed in the 
they they yeah. light it on fire in the ventilation system, so they get all the the clowns high, which makes them either sedated or horny, depending yeah. on what type of clown you are. <laughs> exactly. It, it's almost it's almost like video game progression because you have like the low level office worker vampires, and they're kind of nothing. Mm-hmm. And then you have mm-hmm. the clown cadre, which they're like more powerful. And then you have Blimpo and Blimpo, like the actor playing him is also Batista's stunt double. So this dude is fucking huge. <laughs> oh, that, I mean, that makes sense. He's a monster. He's huge. Yeah, he's gigantic. His thighs are as wide as like my waist. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it, Gary Peebles, he's the he's the biggest monster of a guy. But man, what a sweet lovable dude man he's just so mm-hmm. awesome gary peoples and yes he's bautista's drax double on uh, marvel guardians of the galaxies and uh well that that makes a lot of and, sense and all that yeah yeah, yeah i wish there I think he was also the rocks of- double in one thing as well i can't remember but, but he, I may, thought, he, he may have been yeah he yeah. may have been I, I i i hadn't followed that but he's he's done a ton of stuff he lives down in atlanta now so bimpo was his first gig and then he went on to do all that other great stuff Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. would would love to have some or scenes of him like beside normal sized people just to see how much like just <laughs> he's a he's a mountain of a guy. Um, he is. He's huge. And, like just and, wide and his legs, his thigh muscles are gigantic. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, they kind of charge in to to the 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 area. You know, I'm, I'm maybe stepping a step back, but they they charge into the the area with the fencing and they save Karen and then that's where Ken and Karen get their their first you know little mini makeout session um, and then you're mm-hmm. like oh well maybe she's you know maybe she she likes guys too right so there's like you kind of get this little bit of a switch where everyone's a little bit surprised by that and then ultimately like s- symbolically Kenny Ken then kills Penny which was you know Karen's like you know old lover if you will um and then you had you, to go. Get, All right, she had to go. <laughs> yeah, she, she and it, listen, she was a dang old vampire. So um, she was doing. And the, the line is hilarious. She's like, "I don't do menage," and then boom, she gets tackled out of frame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the final sequence of the crew kind of standing there, uh, you know, kind of against the onslaught of the undead that Steve talked about was really great. Uh, and we get Steve, I can't believe you didn't mention it in that sequence. We get a full body clown burn. I th- I mean, I, we were going to get to it, but yeah, it fucking we are, rules. <laughs> we are a big fan. Like any movie we see, if you get a full body burn, I mean, it's going up two notches. Love a, love a good burn. And this was a great one. Full body, you know, it wasn't just a flash. It was a, 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 a few good seconds on screen. Uh, it just it's like a great car crash. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just ups ups the ante on 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 any film. I don't care if it's freaking bridges of Madison County. You set somebody on fire, <laughs> you crash a car. I'm, I'm going to watch it um, last night at Terrace Lanes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, 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 and that's the that's the great thing about like crew. It, yeah, I was is gonna it? ask: Is was it the same? Was yeah. it the same stunt crew or same stunt performer even? But like the no, not, not the, the same stunt performer, same crew though. Same, same crew. crew. Yeah. The the cool thing though about both movies doing the the full body burn is like the person getting burned is in a costume already. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. it's a clown in this movie, and then it's somebody in one of the the cult track suits in Terrace Lanes. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. it it easily masks all the uh, kind of 
you know, the, the the things that you would normally look for, like the the hood, you know, and then the, uh, kind of the the Vaseline, all the things you look for yep. to go. Ah, I see that that's a burn. I see it's a stunt, but you know you mm-hmm. don't see yeah. it in either of the, either of these films. They look great. Yeah, yeah. They uh, you know, they were layered up, and you know, they had that stuff all underneath all of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And um, the the guy who did it, Mark Mosier, um, you know it. He did a fantastic job. And then the, just the way when he turned around and he spun and his mm-hmm. shoe flipped up and it kind of <laughs> just flipped there yeah. and then this landed perfectly right in center frame. And then it just kept burning as he went off screen. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah it was, it was well, so cool. There's such a difference between like a good like it's it's risky. It's it's cool no matter what. But when you have somebody who's actually can act while on fire <laughs> as opposed to. <laughs> You know, because you see the ones obviously where it's just like somebody just going, you know, just moving yeah. their arms up and down. Like again, still cool, but like somebody who can actually act while on fire. Just saying that phrase. Oh yeah, I. Uh, what should I do in this scene while on fire? Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's just right. A, it's just a cool. <laughs> it's such a cool thing to say. Was it one of the things where like because you had that fun little moment with the shoe and everything? Was it something that you got on the first take and you're like, you know what, we don't have to do another one? Or did they have oh, to? Oh yeah, do, did we they- did it. One time, that was it. Once, and nice. that was it. We did not have to do it again, and we didn't want to do it again because, you know, safety reasons, obviously. Right, yeah, yeah, um, sure. Yeah, and, um, it, you know, it just it, I, I don't know if you guys ever smelled it, but there's a, a burning clown has a distinct smell. <laughs> just saying it's like popcorn ain't nothing like burning clown in the morning you know it's like napalm it's like napalm smell, man i got to imagine it smells like popcorn i don't know why it's, um, it, smell it, it smells like it's burning, victory burning plastic you know burning plastic and burning those costumes stink man when they go yeah on. burning clown burning rayon or whatever oh yeah. yester um, or whatever <laughs> brick it is yeah and the hair, the wig, and the, and the plastic shoes. Oh my God! It was a cacophony of just what the hell is that? So, but um, those guys were great. And I got to tell you a story. The uh, fire chief in Annapolis. So, uh, you know, we may or may not have been fully permitted on that. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes a six pack of beer can, can grease a lot of exactly. wheels. Right? Yeah. yeah, you'd be surprised. The, the fire. The fire chief in Annapolis, I coached his sons in baseball. So here I am at a ah. baseball game. I'm I'm sitting behind watching the game, and here comes the fire chief from Annapolis. He walks up next to me, and he's like, so, heard there was a burning clown somewhere in Annapolis. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, um, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Could have been. He goes. Could have been. Yeah, Clowns like, burn yeah, every night, like, chief. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't know anything about that. He's like, well, uh, hopefully it won't happen anytime soon again. I was like, yeah, probably not. But uh, I mean, so how often does that happen? Apparently, he heard about it. So, yep. sometimes it's better to ask. Evidence. Right? Yeah. I was going to say exactly. sometimes it's better to ask yes. for forgiveness than permission, right? Exactly, um, and that's where that's where we were at with that whole because you know I was nervous <laughs> as hell, man. Let me tell you, I'm producing this movie. I did not, you know, and the the stunt crew was phenomenal. They were every safety precaution you can imagine, man. We had everything lined up. We had EMT people there. We had everything. So, yeah, 
you know, yeah. Yeah. So they were fantastic. They did a great job. It wasn't like we went into this and we just, you know, decided, oh, we're going to set somebody on fire and we weren't ready. <laughs> right. You know, these guys were, these guys were fully prepared with every safety precaution you could think of. So, yeah. 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 Of course. Um, so we, we we're getting to the climax here. So you, we get, uh, you know, Ken fine, finally gets that moment where he proves himself with that kind of, you know, take the shot moment, right? Uh, when when Karen's getting, you know, accosted by by the clown, um, the the final boss clown shows up. You know, kind of the the Goro, if you will, of clowns shows up, <laughs> um, and uh, and then Jiggets shows up to save the day, right? You kind of knew Jiggets wasn't dead, right? There's no way he's going to die that unceremoniously, but but he does come yeah, back yep. at the exact right time, um, and explains that that his garlic burps. Or what saved him from from getting dragged off by clowns earlier? Um, you know they're still all trapped. There's a bunch of clowns around. Uh, Ken, <laughs> this is a. I almost wonder was if this was a. a, a well, it could have. Now that you said Shaun of the Dead, I was thinking Walking Dead, but Ken gets this idea that he's going to cut his arm and then cover mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. in blood, like you know, like it's sunscreen or something. Uh, and yes. then I, that rem- reminded me of a, of a scene from I don't know season one or season two early on in the walking dead, but also they do a very similar thing in Shaun of the dead, you know? Right. Um, um, but they're going to go over and pull the curtains. They're going to kind of stumble over, pretend, you know, pretend they're the undead be covered in blood and then pull the curtains right before. This is when you get that, that really funny moment where Jiggets explains his affinity for white people culture. (laughs) <laughs> like I, I love i know you guys think i'm this badass you know gangster but i love nascar and i wear socks with sandals and he goes through this whole this whole long bit really, i love really camping a- i love <laughs> camping because <laughs> he was like earlier he was ridiculing white people for camping um but yep. yeah so so this this funny kind of everyone kind of comes clean um and then uh, then they, they go over and pull it and then you, <laughs> something is silly as somebody's watch was fast and it's not quite light yet. Um, so it was my, this my t- watch. Yeah. Yeah. Ken's my, watch my isn't watch working. Is um, <laughs> and then the way that it's ultimately saved is is Justin really ends up being kind of the, the savior, but the foil at the same time, because he's this this badass metal drummer kind of guy. But they is. <laughs> He they he ends up as they're getting attacked, his back gets exposed, and he's got a full back cross tattoo, um, yeah. <laughs> which he is he's of course like self conscious and embarrassed of, but they kind of hold him up as the cross, so they're spinning him around and using him as the cross to to fend off the vampires for the last few seconds, just as the 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 sun kind of crests above the horizon and and burns all the clowns and and uh, the clown vampires they all get burned up. So you have uh, uh, everyone, really everyone, as far as the, the main kind of four there, Ken, uh, Jiggets, Justin and Karen all survive. So they, they walk out in, the, in you know, the harsh light of day kind of thing with this new purpose, which is, of course, to uh, to, to continue to kill vampires and, you know, ultimately um, help save the, the human race from from this uh, plague of, of vampires and some of which may be may or may not be clowns uh and yes. that's the credits and that's the credits uh that's the night watchman from 2017 loved this movie really really fun watch lots of laughs lots of gore just a really fun 
uh, comedy horror movie from from beginning to end. So congratulations. Awesome. Really fun movie. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we had yeah. a blast making it. I mean, and I think that translates to on screen as well. So we had a blast. Yeah. It's one of those things because, like you mentioned, how many people you were just friends with, like with Dan and Jiggets and even Barney, like that chemistry comes through. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. just everybody mm-hmm. else you added, you know, like, you know, obviously you have like some really strong professional performances of guys mm-hmm. who have been doing it for a long, long time that can just sure. come in and, and just enhance any movie they go into. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the the other people that you added, like Kara and the guy who plays Justin are just also, you know, like they're just funny at what they do. So, yeah, it's it works all the way all the way around. I wanted to ask about the music because uh, there's a mm-hmm. couple things. Mm-hmm. The music's cool. I really like the music and it stands out. So yep. I did. So I did a little research. Probably one of the things that made me got into doing the research, though, is the first opening song it sounds like kind of a knockoff of uh people who died it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it's it's not a cover but it's 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 just like somebody doing a take on it but it's a really well done one and then the closing credit song sounds like lights out by ufo and i was mm-hmm, like who mm-hmm. and then everything that's in between is really good and like also has like this kind of hard synth about it and so I looked up yes. who did you guys' music and like, did how involved with the music were you? I wasn't that involved with the music. The, the director, okay. Mitchell Altieri, was more involved. And that was a band uh, that he was friends with who did most of the music throughout the movie. Now, mm-hmm. the music at the beginning of the movie was done by, and, and, and that was a band that's local here to Annapolis that you guys might know. Uh, Jimmy's Chicken Shack. You ever hear of Jimmy's Chicken Shack? Yep. They had a I hit know back Jimmy's in the early Chicken 90s. <laughs> yes. They were in yeah. the movie. What's, that was yeah. the band do right. that he's playing with. Yeah. Yeah. What did I the do? Band yeah. That, yeah. Do right. Yeah, do right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. What did I do right? Yes. I'm not joking. So I, you I actually went. I played, I played in a band in high school uh, and mm-hmm. we used to cover that song because Jimmy's Chicken Shack was it's big a great in song. Pittsburgh. They got mm-hmm. a lot oh, yeah. of radio play when I was in like middle school, um, and we mm-hmm. used to cover "Do Right." And to this day, if me and 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 my friend Brian, which I think Steve's known, his name's Brian <laughs> as well, if we get enough beers in us and pull out the guitars, we will cover "Do Right." <laughs> to this day. Oh, dude, I go fishing with Jimmy. So. Oh, love that album! <laughs> I still have that album. I mean, somewhere yeah. on this big shelf beside me, I have that Jimmy's Chicken Shack CD. Yeah, me and Jimmy, we go fishing together now. We're just two old dudes sitting on a boat. He tells me about all his concert stories, and I tell him about all my baseball stories. We have a blast. <laughs> so that's such a wild but, coincidence. Yeah. yeah, I was a big, big yeah, fan. He's back great. Then. He's in the movie. He's in the movie. They're they're all in the movie. They're in the band cool. in the beginning when we're grilling Rajiv, and we're looking at the video of him playing in the band. That's Jimmy's Chicken Shack. That's the yeah. wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I would have no. never known that in a million years. Then the other music I was looking up, and Brian, you'll probably recognize these names, is like it's guys from other bands. Um, but one of them is a uh, a guy from Atreyu. Like mm. yeah, according to the credits, from what I could find, the the all the other songs that were composed, they were composed by uh there's a guy like just pieces of different metal hardcore bands. So like Atreyu and I think uh Dance of Death or something. Ugh, my shitty brain. Yeah, those come back. Those are all friends of the director. <laughs> 
Yeah, those th- those were the, all friends of the director Mitchell Altieri. He brought those guys on board. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I thought I thought he was great, man, with the selections of the songs. They were fantastic. Yeah, yeah. they're all good. That and that's just like it stands out because like not every like independent film gets like really well done music. And this has like a bunch of really strong songs. And like you said, you have like Jimmy's Chicken Shack being in mm-hmm. the movie. Um, Dance of the Dead is the uh, is the mm. synth band. So like they're in that they're in that kind of gunship health kind of doing yep, 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 synth yep. retro wave and hard style stuff. But yep. yeah, it's all really good. Yeah. I mean, so there is uh, uh, I think for whatever reason. Like, so I'll take a step back. Comedy as a genre of film, I grew up, it was the biggest thing, right? That's all, that's all I watch, right? Like we said, it's Mel Brooks movies, you know, and, 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 you know, as I got a little bit older and into, you know, high school and college, it was a bunch of, you know, uh, Mike, Mike Myers and Will Ferrell and all those guys. Like these were the big, you know, blockbuster movies, you know, your Austin Powers Mm -hmm. and, and your, your, Mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, like I said, a whole host of different Will Ferrell movies. And in the last decade, we've talked about this in other uh, episodes as well. The comedy genre has has fallen off. You look at the movies that are in the box office that do big, big business or even that are getting, you know, independent releases and stuff, too, is like obviously horror. Right. You see a lot yep. of the obviously superhero movies and all that stuff. But it's like comedies kind of is in a bit of a downturn right now. But comedy horror has been something that's kind of hung around, but it's hard to pull off. But I think uh, or it, it's e- I don't want to say it's hard to it is hard to pull off because it's it's easy to mess up. Right. If yeah. you don't have a, a cast that has chemistry, if you try to hire people that aren't comedic actors or don't have comedic timing, it can just turn so cringy so fast. And you guys just pulled it off brilliantly with this one. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, the writing is where it starts, right? Mm -hmm. So you got Jamie Nash, who's hilarious. And I don't know if you guys know Jamie Nash. He also directed Last Night at Terrace Lanes. So I've worked with Jamie Nash a number of times. He's one of the funniest people on the planet, right? Mm -hmm. Um, He's hilarious. Uh, Dan DeLuca also, who wrote. The film, him and Jamie Nash wrote The Night Watchman. Both mm. are hysterical. And they gave us the freedom, you know, on set. Mitchell gave us the the freedom to play around. You know, we got everything scripted, like, you know, as it was written. But then mm. we did scenes and did takes where they were like, go ahead, have fun with it. Some of that made it into the movie. Not all of it, but, you know, it was, it was good. I've worked with those guys so many times. And to work with your friends... Andaluca, Kevin Jiggets, Dan Franco, you know, Matt Servito. And to work with those guys, it's just when you put us all together and we're all friends and we get to have fun for a month and a half, it Mm. it was amazing. It was an amazing time, you know, lightning in a bottle and it, it just worked. It really just all came together when there was a point and not many people know this, and you guys are probably the first podcast to ever hear this. I'm going to tell you right now. Mm. We shot three days that nobody will ever see. We mm. shot the first three days of that film nobody will ever see. And we re- rewrote the entire script in a day and started shooting on the fourth day with an entire new cast. Wow. Of different people. Huh. 
Oh yeah, you guys, you will never see those first three days ever. What? So I, I got to ask, what was the what was the impetus? Like what 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 the happened? It, was just, was, it wasn't just what had, you wanted it to be. The the director and the producers they came to us after the third day. You know, I was one of the producers on it as well, and they were just like, "It's not working." And mm-hmm. uh, what had what happened was was there were only three original Night Watchmen in the original script. There wasn't a Rajiv. There wasn't a fourth guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, what happened was Luca Dan DeLuca was playing a Rajiv character, but. As we started shooting the first couple of days, it didn't work. It didn't work. He mm-hmm. was too old. He just, you know, it just, we weren't feeling it. Um, the director, the producers were just like, yeah, it's not, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. So after the third day, we had to make changes. So we went to the LA casting director. We hired Max Wilbur, had him come mm-hmm. in to do the Rajiv character. They were, they were essentially just going to get rid of the of Dan DeLuca and just get rid of his, you know, not have him in the movie. And I said, mm-hmm. look, I said, Dan and I have been working on this for years. You know, he's either in the movie or we're not making a movie. Yeah. So, um, and I gave him the idea. I said, look, maybe he's a mysterious kind of character that can't really speak great English that <laughs> kind of lingers in the background. But... Turns out my idea worked because they put it, they worked it into the thing. And, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, we were able to, and it, let me tell you something. The changes we made made the movie better. Oh, All right. It still would have been a decent, yes, it still would have been a decent movie. What, what we were doing would not have been what it became mm. if yeah. we didn't make those changes. So and we is, have three days of footage that nobody will ever see. So. <laughs> well, that's such a big risk that you took that oh, yeah. oh, paid yeah. off because I imagine a lot of people who have been working on that and three days in and you're doing a full rewrite and all this stuff that feels like the kiss of death. Oh, yeah. And it probably did at the oh, time yeah. a little bit. Right. Uh, but oh, boy, but did that- you better believe it did. You better yeah. believe it did. And nobody, you guys are the first people that are hearing this because, yeah. you know, we're far enough out from making that movie now. I don't care anymore. So, right. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. and obviously okay. it paid off so well. And and yeah. two two things I'll say. One, um, the dynamic between the, the older guys and the younger guy made all the difference because mm-hmm. now you guys are the upperclassmen. This yeah. is the freshman that you're hazing, right? Yeah. And then second of all, yeah. Never would have guessed in a million years that that the the Luca character was was an afterthought. It felt like it was baked in from he the was. beginning. Yeah. yeah, no, he was not. He did not even exist. Wasn't yeah. even. <laughs> boom! Three days into shooting, he didn't exist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then on the fourth day, all of a sudden, it wor- it works perfect. Yep. Works perfectly though. Yeah. It does. It doesn't feel. It doesn't feel shoehorned yeah. at all. Yeah. I w- I was in some meetings where people wanted to beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> it wasn't me. I didn't want to beat right, the yeah. hell out of it, anybody. But I had to step in and like break people up and say, "Look, yeah, this is what we have to do." You know what I mean? We got to do what we got to do. And yeah. uh, to be honest, in in my opinion, it made the movie a better movie. It really did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. It is a a super super fun flick, and I'm I'm really hoping that that uh, 
that uh, uh, more people start talking about it because, you know, there's so much between, you know, the last eight years, the amount of horror movies that have come out, right? It's just like an embarrassment of riches in terms of horror fans. So what that's created for me as, as, a, as a horror nerd is like, you can find hidden gems and we do all the time where it's like, this is not a movie that's on Shudder. Right. Or this is not a movie that's mm-hmm. getting a release on, you know, uh, uh, you know, whatever. But you can find these hidden gems that like all came out within the last 10 years. And like when this came out, this this went right by me for whatever reason. And now you can find them and and and, and kind of really, you know, champion them. It's almost like the, uh, um, you know, people of, you know, maybe a couple a generation or two ago where it was like there was this just huge influx of, you know, the kind of, uh, you know, drive in type movies. Right. And you're like, yeah, there's tons yeah. of shit out there. And when you go out yeah. on, on Tubi, Amazon, even even Shutter to a certain extent, which is supposed to be more well curated. And, and it is. I, I love that app. But like you go out there and it's like sometimes you do feel like you're shoveling through a lot of shit to find a, find a diamond. Uh, but that just makes it all the more rewarding as a horror nerd for myself to find something like this. Obviously, this kind of fell in our lap, right? We didn't really necessarily right. need to find it. Um, but to find something that was such a fun movie that that just like, hey, came out five, six years ago that I just that just missed me for whatever reason. So I would definitely urge anybody, uh, any of our listeners, uh, if, you, if you listen to the show, you're definitely going to like uh, The Night Watchmen. But I, I do want to ask you before we wrap up, Ken, any other, mm-hmm. w- what else are you working on, right? I know um, <laughs> last night, Terrace Lanes just came out. So that's big yep. for you right just came now. Out. Yep. Big and that's me. on so Shutter as well, part- right? That's on, was that on Shutter? Uh, isn't. It's not on Shutter yet. Satanic Hispanics is going to be on Shutter. Satanic coming up. Hispanics is is going to be on Shutter. That's yeah. right. And I'm in that. Um, yep. yep. Which is a very Ken, Ken's bit. Just before you get on to your new movie, because I'm excited mm-hmm. to talk about this too. But like Ken's bit in Satanic Hispanics is so fucking fall down funny. Like <laughs> it's it's really short, but it's just the back and forth with the thrall is so fucking funny. I, it'll catch you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I had a lot of fun shooting that too. Uh, the guy in the scene with me, Darian Rothschild is actor from here. Who's phenomenal. Uh, and he just, he just booked the role on law and order. So he's doing law and order now. Yeah. And, uh, Hemke Madera, the, the vampire in there Mm -hmm. who was in Spider-Man, uh, homecoming. And I mean, he's just, he's a great actor and, uh, we had a great time on set and a uh, big baseball fan, which is good. Cause I know baseball. So right on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Also but, uh, just, ju- sorry, just real quick. Also that, yep. that segment is directed by the director who did the Blair witch project. And so mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. background, you can actually catch one of the Blair witch kind of stick figures as part of the graffiti yes. in the background of that scene. <laughs> Yes, you can. Very cool. Yes, you can. Eduardo Sanchez, and actually, one mm-hmm. of the kids that gets killed in the in the scene that leads up to our scene um, was his son, Lucas oh. Sanchez. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So, one Very of the cool. kids that gets killed in the scene leading up to that is uh, is his son. Yeah, who was right. also in Last Night at Terrace Lanes. So, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so you know, we do a lot of this. Uh, you know. Uh, incestuous kind of thing here in Frederick, Baltimore area. We, you know, <laughs> That's so. how it always is. It's same thing in Pittsburgh. Exactly. It's same thing in yeah everywhere. So, well, what, tell tell us about yeah. tell us about your upcoming project. Uh, the one the poster behind me last uh, 
A Town Called Purgatory is a horror western we actually shot in Austria during the pandemic, which was insane. It do, you know, in another country and, you know, I never would have thought they'd have a western town south of Vienna. So, uh, (laughs) but they did. And we shot a Western over there during the pandemic. Uh, Last uh, last night at Terrace Lanes. It's not last night at Terrace Lanes. It's a town (laughs) called Purgatory, horror Mm -hmm. Western. Um, We are hitting the festival circuit now. We're trying to sell it. Uh, You know, it's uh, a creature movie. It's it's got a monster in it. So, uh, horror Western. You're speaking all my languages. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, uh, based on a Navajo le- legend, the Skinwalker. So, yeah. If you nice. guys uh, know the Skinwalker, oh, uh, yeah. it's not a comedy. Sure. So, we kind of went straight horror western with this one. Uh, it was a film that we could do with a small cast in a deserted western town in Austria. By the way, their government paid for all our COVID testing, so we didn't have that expense, which was phenomenal. That was great. That's why. <laughs> that's pretty much the reason we shot there. Um, it was our own. It was our own little bubble, our own COVID bubble, so we could shoot in there. And we shot for twenty some odd days, and nobody got COVID the whole time. So it was great. Oh, awesome. nice. I'm sure the yeah. I'm sure the beer I'm sure the beer in Vienna or outside Vienna wherever you are didn't have anything to do with uh, why you shot there either. Yeah, <laughs> doser. Let me tell you something, mm. man. You walk into any any um, grocery store or whatever, man. They have walls of just beer, and mm-hmm. yeah, I tried a ton of beers over there, and they were all fantastic. Yeah, I didn't find one oh, Austrian yeah. beer that I was just like, yeah, this sucks. No, they were one, all really one of good. my favorite oh, beers really go to. I. I was very fortunate. Uh, I've been very fortunate working in the beer industry to be able to travel, you know, Germany, Czech Republic, and Austria, and Hungary, and all all that stuff. And um, one of my absolute favorite beers. I love you know German, Central European style lager beers. A beer there's a local brewery in Vienna called Ottakringer. Ottakringer Helles mm-hmm. is just one of the world's greatest beers. I absolutely love that. And uh, man, eating. Austrian donuts, because boy, do they know how to make pastries in, in Vienna as well. Eating, eating they do. Uh, they v- do. Viennese donuts and drinking Ottakringer, man, that's like that's like the the you know Austrian version of the the McKenzie brothers or something like that. I just want to live that life uh, forever. But yeah, I'm super excited I, to uh, to check this movie out. I'm I'm looking at the the chat over here. D Knight says. Uh, I was in an excellent World War II docudrama, Wareth Eleven, and he is correct. That mm. was one of my favorite roles to portray, D Knight. Just so you know, it it was an SS officer, you know, it was a Nazi, but it was very Darth Vader like to play that kind of a role, you know, that mm. that evil entity. You know, mm. when you put that outfit on, I couldn't wait to get it off, but when right. I put that thing on. You know, you became that character. You became that evil entity. You became that thing, you know, that everybody hated. But yeah, so it, it, yes, the Wareth Eleven. I did that. It was one of the, my favorite things. The the producer of that, Joe Small, what a fantastic guy. Uh, he's passed away, but uh, he was such a great guy. I really enjoyed working with him um, on that. That was his dream to make that. And uh, it actually did some good. It, 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 it got a uh, memorial built over in Belgium. Oh, uh, for for wow. those those soldiers, the Wareth Eleven. Yes, it yeah. did. It got it got a 
got a monument built over there. So I was I was very proud to work on that on that uh, project. So oh, that's very awesome. cool. Very I, cool. I wanted to jump back to uh, you're talking filming in Austria, and I don't know if mm-hmm. you know. Uh, have you seen the film The Dark Valley? And I have not. Is, I'm going to write okay. that down. It is. It's a. It's a. It's more of a straight revenge western, but it was also filmed okay. in Austria. I was just wondering if it, it possibly that you filmed in the same area. Since you know, like you're saying, like it's it's weird that a western town would exist in Austria, and I was just wondering, maybe is that the same town that's still? But it's like it sits deep. It literally sits in deep in the valley of the Austrian mountains. I don't know if it's the kind of same setting for you guys. We weren't that deep into the Austrian mountains, but we did have the background. Like our background was okay, mountains. Yeah. Yeah. So we weren't yeah. in the valley of the mountains, but yeah, we had the mountains in the background. Absolutely. Yeah, right on. It's a it's a it's a fucking brutal revenge film though. If you want to check it out, the Dark Valley. Oh, I love revenge films. Did you guys see Sisu yet? Oh yeah, that yeah, movie fucking rules. I loved it. No, I haven't <laughs> seen it yet, dude. I gotta check uh, it yeah. out. It's it's on my to watch. It's on my uh, my letterbox. I uh, yeah, I watched it. Yes, uh, two days ago. Man, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, speaking of speaking of killing Nazis, that one is yes. all about killing, killing Nazis. Nazis. <laughs> but it was great. There were some great kills in that. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Brutal and it gets it. and it gets silly. It just like it's straight up just power fantasy of just like killing Nazis. And that that's why that yep. movie rules. <laughs> yep. One last question from Dan. Uh Dan's just wondering, did you ever have a time to play for the Montreal Expos? Because he was a fan. Of the Expos. I did not, but I played against the Expos quite a bit. Um, Harrisburg Senators uh, played against those guys. Mark Grudzelanik, Vladimir uh, Guerrero played against him uh, in the Florida State League. Probably one of the best players I ever saw in person or played against, Vladimir Guerrero. He was phenomenal. Threw me out at first base. Uh, you get Urbina, which you might know from the, the Expos days. Uh, he was pitching and I hit, uh, it was bases loaded and I hit a line drive one hopper at the right fielder, Vladimir, and he threw me out at first base. That's that's how good this guy <laughs> oh. was. It was. Yeah. It was Boy, incredible. His arm was, he's a freak and his son's a oh, freak yes. athlete oh, yes. too. Like I remember watch, I remember watching his son hit, you know, 400 plus foot home oh, runs yeah. when he was like in high school uh, <laughs> you know what i mean just these clips of him just athletic uh i mean just and just the, so you guys know prowess of those guys i went to spring training with the pirates i did mm. i was on oh, oh, oh yeah. really in in 1998 i was with the pirates in spring training and i let me tell you something it was the best spring training i ever had best spring training i ever had i was tearing mm. it up you couldn't get me out it was crazy <laughs> and and they made a trade with the Cubs and they got two young middle infielders and they needed room. And they were like, look, they called me in the office. They were like, look, you know, you had a great spring training, but we got to make room. So mm. it's a business. And they mm. let me go. And I went on and, and you know, had two good seasons doing, you know, playing somewhere else. But I would have loved to have played for the Pirates. I was waiting in the parking lot for my wife to pick me up and Willie Stargell came out of his car he just pulled in and he's like and he knew wow. why i was why i had just been released so yeah so but mm-hmm. he he was great and and yeah. i got to have a moment with willie stargell which was really cool that's cool 
he's he's maybe my all time uh, favorite. Uh, although I was a little young to to see him play, I'm a big Willie. I have my my Willie Stargell jersey in 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 my uh, in my office. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 you know, I, I spent a lot of time with the team in, in my, my line of work and at the ballpark and yeah, there, there's him and, uh, Roberto Clemente. I don't think there's anybody who's spoken more highly of, uh, than Willie Stargell at a pretty, just a, a quick, uh, baseball nerd, um, <laughs> comment. I would, you know, kill to be able to meet Willie Stargell. It's pretty cool. Um, and, and frankly, I, you know, I, I lived in Milwaukee and Chicago for a period of time. Uh, for work and a lot of my friends are, are big Cubs fans so uh, they'll be excited to uh, uh, to hear we had you on the show and uh, I grew up watching W we had WGN here in Pittsburgh believe it or not so we watched a lot of uh, a lot of Cubbies games growing up so very very cool uh, very cool to have you on oh great yeah the Cubs working with the Cubs uh, being on the Cubs was fantastic I got to play with Andre Dawson Brian Sandberg Mark Grace mm-hmm. so I, I had a blast playing for those I still have I still have a Ryan Sandberg poster that I bought at a book fair in probably third grade. <laughs> <laughs> and I had that Ryan Sandberg poster on my wall for oh boy, for a good ten years at least. He was he was he was my guy. He was my guy back in the day. Especially uh after the, you know, Sid Bream play at the plate and all yeah. that and the you know, became there were some some years, you know, I've always been a Pirates fan since I was a kid, but boy you know there's there's some years it was pretty tough <laughs> i've always been especially when i lived up that way uh, uh i've always been a, a cubbies fan as well but um cool any anything else uh anything else steve that i forgot anything else we should mention uh, i'll remind all our listeners out there go check out um our our picks for the showdown episode for next week we got old clown ben coming back on here uh he's gonna be talking about clown town from 2016 i'm gonna talk about uh uh blood harvest from 1987 and steve's gonna talk about this mysterious movie which i'm excited for killer clown from 2009 and then check out fear clowns from 2004 uh from from uh ken's suggestion i'm excited to check that out as well Anything else I'm forgetting, Steve? No, that's about it. Thanks, Ken, for coming on. Uh, I, I want to say everybody who's listened to this and you know wanted to talk to Ken, you should have signed up for our Patreon. Halloween is forever. Yeah, like <laughs> get on there. The next time we have a guest, maybe you can interact too. You jikes. <laughs> yeah. Come on, you cheap bastards. Go out there and give us paper money. Um, and definitely go out and check out uh, not only um, uh, uh, Last Night at Terrace Lanes, which we talked about recently, but The Night Watchman from 2017. You're, you're going to have a blast with that movie as well. So, Ken, thank you again. This was an absolute pleasure. Love the stories. Just uh, uh, so, so happy to have you on. Hope we can do it again. Oh, sometime. absolutely. And trust me, I got way more stories. <laughs> <laughs> you ever want to talk we about a town called Purgatory? I got stories. <laughs> I got plenty. I'm excited for that one to come out. Well, you said it's on the the the, the not to jump back into it, but the the, the festival circuit yes. now, right? Uh, you know, we're in the process of trying to sell it. Um, we've got a lot of offers, just not the one we're looking for yet. So we're just you know, so you're going to you're going to be able to see it on the streamers and everything soon. But, uh, you know, we're just waiting for that right offer. So, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. We'll keep our ear to the ground on that one and uh, excited oh, and, to see it. And just, it to, just to mention, I don't think we mentioned it, but like 
pretty much everybody that's in the Night Watchmen is back for this one. Like Servito, absolutely, Deluca, Jiggets, they're all there. So it's it's yes. it's, it's everybody. Oh wow, yes. So it's, it's not hey, everybody, but getting the band yeah, back yeah, together. We, we did get part of the band back together. Servito it's directs, and <laughs> yeah, Servito directs, and and he plays one of the uh, bad guys. Uh, I'm in it. Deluca's in it. Jiggis is in it. So yeah, we we went to Austria, and you know that's the fun part about making movies. You know, we we all kind of use the same kind of crew. You know, throughout mm-hmm. whether it's you know mm-hmm. actors, stunt crew, you know. Uh, people who were, uh, you know, shooting it, camera people, uh, sound people. We use the same the same crew. So, yeah. Right on. We've been successful. Well, so we, why not we, keep using the same folks, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. You got that, that, that comfort level, yep. right? We can't, we can't wait to see it. Well, like I said, I'm going to, we'll keep our, our ears to the ground and please keep us uh, abreast of any fun developments there. Cause we would absolutely love to have yep. you on and, and talk about it when, when, uh, when the time comes. So thank you again, Kevin, uh, Kevin, Jesus Christ, I've had five years. Thank you again, Ken. <laughs> thank you again, Ken. Well, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and uh, for the Halloween is forever crew. I'm Brian. And I'm Killer Clown. No, you're not. (laughs) See you, Ken. Cheers, Cheers, guys. Thank you.